Hey guys, I'm really excited to announce that after 21 short episodes, we have our first sponsor. It's a locally owned and operated nonprofit video rental store called Film is Truth. They have a collection of over 19,000 films in VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. So no matter what platform you watch on, you can find the film you're looking for. They have a little bit of everything, but specialize in foreign, independent, art house, and documentary films, which is super cool because they likely have a selection that you won't be able to find in larger stores or even on some of the larger streaming platforms. This is great for filmmakers especially because you should have a wide background of films to pull from in your own filmmaking. Here at Back to Back Films, we are all about expanding not only our own knowledge, but the knowledge of our listeners, viewing films that we normally wouldn't watch, so this is a really special partnership for us. Film is Truth is open from noon to 9 p.m. every day and can be found here in Bellingham at 1530 Cornwall Avenue, inside the Terra Organica Market. That's convenient for you because you can get your food and your films in one stop. If you are a non-local listener, then you can find them at filmistruth.com or at facebook.com at filmistruth. All right, everyone, enjoy the show. This week's episode of the Backtrack Films Podcast. This week we're covering The Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity for Halloween, focusing on the fact that horror makes a lot of money. Uh, as always, I recommend that you watch the two films we'll be discussing for listening to the episode. I'm your host, Keith. This is Byron. And I'm Jake. Since uh, it was pretty quick, or since we like only recorded like you know less than a week ago, uh, I don't. unless you guys want to say any updates... Um, we, we didn't do updates last time, but I also have updates. Uh, we had a guest. That's why we kind of skipped it. But yeah. if you have updates, we could do updates. I uh, I made a horror film this weekend, this past weekend, and it uh, turned, uh, turned out pretty good. We hit, we hit a few road bumps in the process that I haven't hit before, and um, it... It turned. It still turned out like it's. There's still a story there, so that's you know you can only kind of hope for that. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm excited to see it. And uh, I mean, I've already seen it, but I'm excited to have other people see it because it's really hard for me to kind of judge where it landed. Honestly, Wait, did you, you did it show already? Because it's 48, right? Yeah, it's 48, but it shows on the 30th on Monday. Oh, yeah. D- uh. So, uh, were you director? Uh, what was your, uh, like, yeah. What? Yeah, okay, so I cool. directed and kind of produced a little bit, and then I did some VFX for it and, uh, color, too, so. So it's probably just the, sh- so it's probably just a shitty remake of Ghosts, <laughs> since you directed it? <laughs> Actually, it's probably more like a shitty remake of Blade Runner, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest, because we drew, we drew Android for our genre, and, uh. On Android? A, like, Android. It was so it was like a horror film, but our subgenre was was Android or it was like clown. So we were like, "Huh, we could do something that people are going to think is a rip off of it, or we could do something that people think is a rip off of Blade Runner." Yeah, so, I go. With, <laughs> I, I definitely go with the Blade Runner. Route, yeah, so we, the whole clown thing is now overdone. Oh yeah, well, especially because like people were just doing it, you know, like right. like there was that whole clown craze like a, a couple years back, you know, yeah. with people running around, but. Uh, what was really funny is 
about half of the uh, people I was with in the brainstorm session, they had seen Blade Runner, and one person thought it was a remake, and <laughs> then we were like, uh, not a, and she walked out of the theater, and we were like, well, hang on, it's not, a, it wasn't a remake, it was a sequel, <laughs> and she had, and she had no idea, oh uh, but she just got, she got bored during uh, the watching it so she was like i'm out of here oh um, my and God. it was like goofball you left them like how do you, you paid for the movie like how do you <laughs> yeah so that was that was pretty bizarre uh but also just hilarious um but what what my point is uh, what, what i was getting to is that the people who hadn't seen blade runner before kept throwing out ideas that were like very blade runner and we were like, we can't do that. That is literally Blade Runner, you right. know, like starting starting the film with like the eye and stuff like that. And I was like, no, we we can't. Dude, we're not so doing cliche. That. Starting it with an eye, like an eyeball. That's so yeah, fucking which cliche. Is, which is fine, you know. Like I don't mind cliche as long as it works. But it was like we can't just we can't just do Blade Runner. So like what we did ended up being kind of Blade Runner ish, but. Um, I think we we kind of deviated from it enough um, with it, and I think once I once I kind of get grounded a little bit and look at the edit again, might change a couple things and um, have it land in a in a different place because we didn't really have a lot of time to play with the edit or really play with anything for that matter. So I mean, See? that's kind of the beauty of forty eight, right? You don't really have time to screw around. You just yeah. do one draft and that's it. <laughs> yeah, you just you just go for it, you know. And if you want to take long on something, something else has to shrink. So you have to make yep. those decisions ahead of time. Like, okay, if we're going to spend more time on the script, that means this is going to hurt back here. Which is which is uh, what we did. We we spent a lot of time thinking, brainstorming, uh, coming up with stuff, and then that hurt later processes, which I knew about. But that's why I kind of want to go back and and take a look at the edit and stuff you know so it's going to be like right now it's kind of blade runner ish but when you're done it's going to be more robocop <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah more uh, yeah yeah exactly no Nailed but it. uh uh i saw some posts that i think robert posted and there was like a picture or two and the location at least for a part of the film looked pretty cool oh yeah uh i i would say thank you but me and Robert actually didn't work on the same team. Oh, really? I so, thought it... Yeah, we we decided we were like, we have so many people, so we just kind of split everybody in half and then just kind of filled in. So oh, we actually, shit. we had two, we, but we're both representing the same team. So like, we're both called the same team, but we have, there's like a slight variation. Oh, so uh, I got, I them. got, I got that mixed up then. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of <laughs> confusing, but, uh, but yeah, we, uh. We we uh, worked on different projects, but actually, we we filmed at Gasworks Park. Uh, oh, oh sweet. nice! Yeah, Gasworks like is inside cool. in the colorful area. Um, so uh, actually, I think look wise, I think ours are going to be pretty similar because you know we it was like raining, so we like use the rain sounds and it looks really cool with rain because we had uh, some gels and stuff. Ah, oh, um, right on. Yeah, what? so it, like it looks super sick, but, and I imagine Roberts is going to look pretty similar because they also shot outside. With graffiti and in the rain, so Sweet. should be interesting. What did you film on? Uh, just a just a five D Mark oh, okay, three. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm curious to see it. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, that's kind of. I feel like Android is kind of a weird, like sub thing to get. I, yeah. No, that you're right. I felt that about 
the line of dialogue too, which was, "That's too spicy for me." Yeah, wow. Which is a pretty shitty line. That's a pretty. That's shitty like line. a horror comedy line. That. Yeah, that's like a campy horror. So like, yeah. it really that line like we just threw it away at the beginning because like it it hurt the movie to be anywhere, and so it was like, where do we want to? hurt the movie like where, where what's gonna hurt the movie the least and we thought just throwing it away at the beginning would would do that um so that, that, <laughs> this is one of the worst lines i think i've ever gotten i'm that, not sure who wrote that but that line would work the worst. well after like you know like a blowjob scene <laughs> <laughs> a blowjob scene oh my god that's too the obligatory sex scene you have to have in a horror movie yeah. <laughs> well, it could be like exactly. a like it'd be like a android you know dick and it's like <laughs> it's like a yeah how many stars do you want <laughs> yeah because he's got complete control <laughs> you go to a yeah you go to like a thai android like porn rest or a which uh, could be could be horror that could yeah i mean it would be yeah what else like, would that they be? could they could put like oil and shit like in the food and people like are dying and stuff. oh yeah exactly <laughs> oh man your android yeah. should have just been a killer vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been sick. That would have been sick. Uh, that's, like, I can't even think of a horror movie that is like, oh, you know, the scary android or something. Like, what's a fucking horror yeah, movie? Yeah, I mean, with... the only thing that I can really think of is would be RoboCop would be the closest. It's yeah. not even a horror movie, though. Well, even like, like I know, but like it would the be the alien, closest, right? Yeah. Like I Alien, kind of. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, I guess, yeah. 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 Or Predator. Or Predator, yeah. But yeah, it was kind of a... It was a harder one. But we could also do Clown, and it was like, well, we just don't want to do Clown, you know? Should have done Android versus Clown, the showdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ABC, yeah. That actually would have been kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. That would be as, pretty funny. As long as the Clown is the one that loses. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, how would the Clown win? I mean, I don't know. I do, yeah. But knowing, knowing, like people that in their love of clowns they did have the clown win you know oh yeah maybe they both win and they turn on the audience you know <laughs> yeah. and then in the theater a clown and an android show up and they start you know freaking people out and, and they start beating the shit out of people in the audience, <laughs> yeah, in, in the audience. yeah we get we get our actors and to come and dressed all, as the yeah <laughs> then, then like the whole team sits up and starts filming it that'd be so funny yeah <laughs> just like we're yeah, trying to be, be like sequel. william castle yeah we just wanted the gimmicky horror <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> That would be awesome. Why are there, why are all these ambulances outside the theater? Well, we're gonna have some some you know clowns show up and just start beating the shit out of people. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, you got into Bleeding Ham, oh, yeah. Byron. So yeah. you both are doing some horror-y stuff right now. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Sweet. I, I I think I lucked out getting into the Bleeding Ham Film Festival because my film it's it has horror elements, but it's not really a horror film. It's it's I don't know I don't I don't know it, that that's where I'm at with mine dude it, like it's it's I, I'm still I'm still just not happy with the film completely um, and I I just I don't know I'm just kind of eh like, I don't know how you should yeah, explain like, it I'll take I'll take it, I'll, or leave take it. it yeah, yeah. I'll take, like I'm really glad that it's showing just so that I can see it and maybe maybe. People maybe people will, will love it yeah that's the thing maybe yeah. people will really like it or yeah. they'll. At least I'll get feedback, and then from that That's feedback, thing, yeah. you know, maybe yeah. I'll I'll you know come up with a different idea to take it for the next edit or 
you know whatever oh, yeah. it is so I'm, I'm looking forward to that and i'm i'm super thankful that it you know got in so uh, such a huge like plus just to show it to an audience yeah for sure you know? like for sure. that is that is worth like everything for these things like i don't even care about winning or, or oh yeah stuff, but, but like having other people kind of respond to it in real time as you're sitting there you know with your heart pounding and you know you feel like you gotta pee and vomit everywhere <laughs> <laughs> which is how, that's how i feel when i show my movie but i know dude it's the most it's seriously the most nerve-wracking thing i get so nervous you know yeah. like and then though then when you when you when it for the first like second comes on and when you know it's your film then there's like that's when like the excitement comes on yeah you know what i mean where it's like oh yeah. shit this is it this is it this is this is the this is the time <sighs> yeah. you know but oh, at yeah. the same time it's still like you know my palms are just gonna be sweating and just like it's gonna be i'll be a mess and then after it ends and i'll be like okay now i can just enjoy yeah, the rest like, of the Ugh. festival and you yeah. know yeah see dude that's probably the most annoying part like you know, I don't know about the bigger like with like TIFF and stuff. You buy tickets for specific showings, so you know when your movie is. But like yeah. you know, certain smaller festivals when they just show you ones in a, in a row, they right. don't tell you right. what order it's in. Oh, you yeah. know, like you might hear that. Oh, you know, it's kind of towards the end or something. But like, right? That's yeah, about I have it. No idea. I mean, last year our film was the third to last. I think which is the best. So like we were like waiting and waiting we're like oh crap when's it gonna come was it so like that build-up was so like i was like my heart my heart wasn't like gonna like barely took it but i was so glad that it that it was in the last third because i I wanted to be in the last third for sure um audience remembers those ones more right yeah they do yeah so one thing oh you go oh no go ahead (laughs) oh I i was gonna say one thing that always happens to me is like we at these like 48 hours they they give like a pamphlet of the 10 films that are showing and uh sometimes they'll be in order sometimes they won't but we all i always like figure out like when ours is based on like that pamphlet whether it's in order by the pamphlet or if it's in alphabetical by title of the movie or title of the group uh who made it uh so that's like half of festivals for me are just figuring out where my film is 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 gonna place like uh in in the in the list of them so yeah shit, i have no idea on mine i mean because i think on the poster i'm listed towards the bottom but gary said that it's not that's not that list is not in order so right. i have i have no idea yeah so <laughs> when when i when our one over the summer did Coob uh we made it into the like the second thing for like awards and audience participation and they had two separate things, and ours played in the audience and the awards right. area, but, like, it was all the same showing. So, And there was an intermission in between them. So it was, like, as soon as our film came up a second time in the awards thing, like, everyone got up and left because they had already watched it. Like, people went pee, yeah. people went and got beer, you know, and did all that <laughs> stuff. And it was like, oh, man, this is... Uh, <laughs> This is awkward, you know? I felt like <laughs> like people still laughed, but it was like this it was really painful to sit through and really like just kind of tormenting. It's very unfortunate. Oh, that man. sounds like paranormal activity, man. <laughs> Look at that. Segway. You segued into it. Except for that's not the first one we're gonna talk about. Not segway. No. It was a attempted segue. That was I, a segue. I'm super awkward right now. No, but but actually or something, yeah. Um no, I, I can't imagine. Like, I think we talked about this before where there is that awkward moment where you're like, okay, this just played, so I'm into it. But yeah, yeah. No one else gives a yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is 
kind of why like with the things that I've done for Bleeding Ham, I only ever got I've only ever gone to the first showing. Oh, okay, I haven't yeah. gone to see the next one. Well, I, mostly because the second thing I did I hated, so I didn't want to see it again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think my other one's eight is kind of all right. Uh, looking back at it, so yeah, no, dude, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I really want to jump into these two movies because uh, we kind of teased it way early on. In the, when we started the podcast and uh, yeah. finally getting around to it. Um, so, our main topic this week is the fact that horror films make a boatload of money. Um, and An excellent topic. Yeah. And yeah. kind of like why that is, you know, like uh, we can kind of theorize a little bit. Um, but also what's super interesting is like the really crazy productions both of these movies have, um, especially Blair Witch. So, first film is the Blair Witch Project made, uh, well, it was conceived in, like, 93, but it didn't come out until, like, 99. Um, it's a long pregnancy. Yeah, it is. Definitely. Um, uh, and I think it even takes place in, like, 94 or something. Like, there, yeah, it's got a weird timeline to it. Uh, basic plot summary, three film students vanish after traveling into a Maryland forest to film a documentary on the local... Blair Witch Legend, leaving only their footage behind. Um, the film was written and directed by Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez, and it was edited by them as well. I don't know why I didn't write stars, but the people essentially play themselves um, in the movie. You want me to say what, who the stars are? Sure. Uh, James Allen McCoon, Callie Hernandez, Brandon Scott, Corbin Wait. Reed, Wes Robinson, and this does not sound Curry. Right. That's not right. Am I looking at the wrong list? I think so. Are you looking at... Oh, yes, I am. Because <laughs> oh, the people hey, have their own the names. New one. Sorry, that's the new one. <laughs> my bad. Yeah, I was like, wait, where's Mike? It should Mike? be like Heather, Josh, and, Heather Josh, and Michael. I was totally looking at Blair Witch, uh, not the Blair Witch Project. My bad. Which, I've heard that movie is really bad, but I kind of want to see it. I kind of want to see it now since I've seen yeah. this, you know? Yeah. I kinda, I'm curious. Because it's supposed to be a... Essentially a sequel. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to be, I think, the the premise is that one of them is, like, a younger sister or something looking yeah. for their brother. I, I, I remember people watched it on Facebook, and, they, and, and a lot of people actually enjoyed it. Hmm. Even though I know that it, I don't think it did too well, box office-wise, so. no. which is funny. Okay. I have the real names now. Okay. Heather Donahue. Yep. That's Michael right. C. Williams, a.k.a. Mike. Yep. And Joshua <laughs> Leonard, a.k.a. Josh. Josh, yep. So the whole point is that to to add to the reality of what they were trying to do, they just casted them as themselves. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. Which, it's interesting. I, I, that, that works. It really works. That's how Paranormal yeah. did it, too. Yeah, it really it really makes it that much more yeah. real. Because we'll, yeah. we'll get into it here in just a second, but like that, that was part of their like marketing campaign. Right. You know. Um so the idea for the film came about when the directors uh, realized that they considered documentaries about paranormal phenomena. Uh, they considered those like more scary than the traditional horror movies. So that like once they realized that, they're like, "Well, why don't we just like make a essentially a fake one?" Um, which they did. Uh, they they ended up creating like the whole backstory and legend. Uh, from scratch, almost uh, based <laughs> off of no, that's not true. It was based off of certain things, but. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like essentially they formulated it, right. um, and then they presented it to the actors like it was real, and then they presented that to the fan, to the audience, as if it was real. Um, so a lot of people after the film, after they watched the film, thought it was real. So they all went to this like uh, Bur- <laughs> Burkittsville or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, is a real place which got like you know drowned by avid fans. Um, <laughs> And I guess unexpected some, tourism. Yeah. Basically, it kind of reminds me of Forks in Twilight. Yeah, like exactly. you know, it kind of reminds yeah. me of that. Yeah, yeah. And this place like tried to ride the wave for it, but like there's just so many fans that are douchey. Like I guess their sign got stolen like three separate times. Yeah. Like how? Like just and what really? was on the night of the premiere? <laughs> God, like, dude. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and I. Uh, so funny. Yeah, and then the house, I think I say this later, but, like, the house that they... The last part of the film, when they're in the house or whatever, was a real place. Uh, And then when people found out where it was, fans would go there, and essentially they were, like, taking souvenirs. Like, just taking shit from the house. So eventually (laughs) the owners just had it demolished. Wow. So it doesn't even exist anymore. And that rock band, (laughs) uh, him. You yeah. shot like a music video at that house, at that yeah, house and stuff. Yeah, before That's it got torn cool. down. Yeah, fans Back are when just him was like semi popular. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, sometimes fans though are just like the worst people ever. Like, yeah, yeah. Just stop oh, being 100%. such zealots, man. Yeah, like, yeah. They're like so. Yeah, exactly. They're, they get so passionate that they get uh, zealous. You know, it's like stupid. the whole Rick and Morty thing with the Szechuan uh, sauce or whatever. Like yeah, people going crazy though. for it. Like, oh god, dude, <laughs> I can't even. Like, I have barely. I've watched like an episode of that show, and I don't even want to watch it because of the like fandom around it's it. It's a good show, though. It's a really good show. That's though. the unfortunate part. I yeah. hear it's a legitimately it's, good it's show. Legitimately good, but the whole Szechuan thing is just hilarious because most of the people that are all freaking out about it were probably super young or not even alive when that was out. Right. It's yeah. like, come on. <laughs> God. And then people are like filming themselves doing dumb shit, like <laughs> essentially like screwing with fa- like fast food employees. It's like, dude, they yeah. make shit money. Yeah. And like, don't care yeah. about their job. Can you just not? Like yeah. right, like your job is sucks ass, dude. Yeah, and now they <laughs> like, have to deal with you. Like right, like don't make it harder for them. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I don't know. Like it's just unfortunate sometimes the fandoms that surround stuff. Yeah, yeah. People um, get stupid. You know, totally. People yeah. are stupid. People are stupid. <laughs> not us though. We're smart, and not our <laughs> listeners. Our listeners are not stupid. Yeah, That's not true. our listeners. That's yeah. true. They're yeah. the smartest people. Yeah. They are because they're listening they're to listening us. Listening to us, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They have good taste. <laughs> no, I think. I mean, in all honesty, though, if you are listening to us, then that means you're trying to learn something. So that's that's always good. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's yeah. cool. Uh, so the directors used an eight-minute documentary along with newspaper and news footage when pitching their idea to investors. Afterwards, they went through an extensive casting process, specifically looking for actors with strong impro- improvisational skills. Uh, their script, the script that they gave the actors and everything was a 35-page outline, uh, which basically was just like, you know, this is kind of where we need to go, but everything in between is up to you guys to to fill in the blanks. It's pretty impressive, a 35-page outline for a film that runs about 80-some minutes. But it, like, That's it, pretty impressive. Its first cut was yeah. two and a half hours. That's true, that's true. So and I they, think they filmed 24 hours of footage. Yeah, they thing. filmed like a crazy amount of footage. Um, Pretty nuts. Yeah, I wonder, but like, I wonder how much of that was just like them walking and stuff. But yeah, yeah, there was definitely a it lot is of like a tone. 
Yeah, it's like tone forward. You we'll, know. Ha- we'll have to call the <laughs> the Perkinsville police station for that footage. <laughs> yeah. Can you guys release this footage? <laughs> Dude, they probably got so many phone calls from yeah. fans like, we want that footage now. And they're like, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, like what footage? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, So... Uh, part of their shooting process was uh, basically focused around creating these quote fake real scenarios that the actors had to improvise through Uh, the actors would make their way through the woods uh, through clues that that were left in like 35 millimeter film cans that could be found through GPS systems so like the the filmmakers left these instructions at various drop points and then the actors were responsible for getting from point A to point B, however that happened. And generally, mm. it was like hours and hours and hours away that they had to walk, um, yeah. like legitimately walk. And uh, they didn't know what would be there when they got there. And then in these canisters and whatnot, they had instructions for each person <laughs> on how they would play that day or that scenario or whatever it's kind of cool yeah and then they weren't allowed to look at each other's it was just like it's just for them yeah yeah, exactly which you totally get that vibe yeah like how else would you do that like you totally get that vibe that each person was told like you know she was told like okay you're always the person who knows where to go you always always know what to do you're always filming you're always doing it and then uh i think josh was designed as like the, the filmmakers designed him to be the person to basically say what the audience was thinking at any given time, you know, kind of stating the obvious and also being like just paranoid and annoyed by everything. Right. Right. Um, and then the other guy was supposed to be like a, a peacekeeper, which is kind right. of why when he gets taken, cause he's the, you know, the only he's one the to be taken. One. Yeah, yeah. He is kind of like more of a, scary thing for them basically yeah because yeah, the mediation is gone exactly <laughs> yeah. and then dude that the josh guy his acting like is part of its acting but part of it is actually real like his spiral and how he basically just like loses it like in a sense that he basically he's like he's like ah, I, f- I found cigarettes at the yeah, bottom. they were way at the bottom like, of my pack like he's like and he's like rocking yeah back and dude forth. like he's it's crazy like yeah, i like the little details <laughs> like that 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 i wasn't expecting that from this movie at all mm, no and it, it was i think his was like the best because she's kind of annoying yeah you know yeah, like yeah for sure like just shut up you know like whatever um <laughs> just shut up sometimes it is it's funny because like i heard that is like i read that it was actually the guy who was playing the mediator and her were actually the ones that didn't get along well on set Right. Which is kind of funny. That's pretty yeah. interesting, yeah. I guess a lot of it, so the way the filmmakers had to edit it in a certain way, because I guess a lot of it ended up being the two guys versus her, and they didn't mm-hmm. like that they the two guys were always like ganging up, up on her, her, so they yeah. had to cut it to make it seem like they were all kind of bickering, but he was still kind of mediating. Like, uh, right. They did a good job with the editing, and I guess it took them, like, what, eight months? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, that's... To cut a two-and-a-half-hour yeah. thing and then cut it from there. there. It, it's impressive, because, like, I didn't get that vibe that that the two of them were, like... I mean, there are elements. They're, like, certain parts of the film where they're both kind of giving her shit, right? But it didn't. it didn't feel like like she was not in control or mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. so they did a I'm, good job with that i'm always i'm always curious about whenever movies say like it took eight months to edit or it took three years to get this project off the ground 
Like, what what exactly does that does that mean that they were working forty hours a week editing, right, or does right. that mean that they worked on just the weekends? Like, because to me, this is you know, it's an independent film, and I my brain says they maybe had day jobs or, or something they were doing besides uh, this Probably, project. Yeah. And yeah, eight months to me could actually just mean like a four four week or a two month uh at, at like professional process where you're putting in you know oh yeah your for 40 sure. hours a week sort of a thing that's so, how i yeah that's how i took it yeah yeah i mean i could see them you know struggling to construct every because you know you're you're basing all your construction on what they say so if they yeah. don't say the right thing how do you construct around it to get it to kind of imply it or or get it to edit it to say the right thing you know like and, right right and also even like i mean the film costs the filmmakers like 11 to 15 thousand dollars so like you'd think when and that was in you know the late 90s right. um that with that much money at stake that they probably were so into it that they probably were trying to probably edit it as much as they could yeah so like that eight months might be more than like more than just the, weekends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 100%. Like, but, and even if they're just, like, even if some of them were, like, just um, sessions where they just watched the footage, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. like that, too. So, I don't know. It's interesting. Cause, yeah. Because yeah. that first, like, I mean, if they have 24 hours of footage, the first, like, week of, of doing it, they're just watching, they're just playing back what they have. Right, right. You know what I mean? And making, making, like, making a big notes old fat and, cut. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> then, if you think about it, you have to watch 20 hours of footage. Yeah. That's literally yeah. a 20-hour period. That you some watch, of it on, right? like, VHS yeah. and stuff. I mean, that Some of it on 16mm, too, yeah. It'd be tough. I mean, because you'd have to first develop the 16mm, then mm-hmm. you'd have to get a projector and all that shit. Because yeah, I doubt right. they had the money to digitize it and then edit. Yeah, definitely not. No. Like, I just... Yeah, probably At not. some point, they had to, right? Because they had to combine the footage right. somehow. So, at some point... Which, that's pretty impressive. I wonder how yeah. much that cost. Well, the right. total budget was 60000 which is you know right. quite a bit, um, which, right. which was a mystery until uh, last year. Like it, it, there's speculation about it, like being like 20k, some about it being like 100k, 500k, yeah, yeah. But last year it came out as uh, it was actually 60k. I yeah, wonder why yeah. it took so long. I don't, I don't know. know. I think that's a it's a really weird thing, and I, I think it shows like uh, kind of what the filmmakers wanted with this project, right? You know? Like they wanted. It to be a little more internet like undercover, which makes me question why they submitted it to Sundance. Maybe they thought they wouldn't even get in or something. But I, and I wonder how much of that money went to audio because I was really impressed with the audio. Audio, the was, audio clean. was really yeah. clean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah, exactly. they probably wanted to put more money in on that because like VHS style footage and. 16 millimeter even in yeah. the 90s wasn't popular to look at like go to a theater and watch a yeah. movie in vhs you know uh, right but they i guess they also dirtied that footage up too totally that yeah. it was more clean and then they they purposefully made it even grainier and uglier just yeah. to get that feel so um i also read that the actors got paid a thousand bucks a day so if you take into account uh an eight day yeah. shooting it took them eight days wow. to shoot the whole thing so if each person got paid eight grand, that's twenty four. Yeah, that's a lot. That, that that's, that's almost half the budget right there. It, yeah. yeah, and then I guess uh, some of them, like I think one person, after all was said and done, and the and the movie 
was popular. Uh, they said that they walked away with somewhere like three hundred thousand dollars by the time. You know, that's a pretty good uh, return for an actor on a low budget for eight days nothing. of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, pretty, that's pretty rad. Yeah. Um, and I guess only one of them is actually still an actor, though. The other one's kind of just for whatever reason just well, yeah, didn't pursue the, it. the chick didn't she have like trouble finding a job afterwards yeah apparently she had yeah. trouble finding work like just got a lot of crap for being in the movie which is dumb like why yeah, why? Like, why would people care i don't know it's yeah. so dumb if anything that's pretty cool yeah if anything like hey it's i got like the people... chick that stars in Blair witch and working yeah. for me or working with me. yeah like i'd order i'd order fries from that <laughs> <laughs> i like how you just like <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um so I read I read one thing but I I also read heard this before too. So basically um they said that the directors like weren't intentionally trying to get the actors lost. Like they had a safety net with like walkie talkies that they could use, um, and then obviously like directions, sort of directions of where to go. Although I guess they did get lost. Like the actors did get legitimately lost here and there. <laughs> um, but I also heard that like they were getting the actors lost so as to create more of a tense situation. Yeah. Um, I guess the 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 sequence where they find out that they've basically gone the wrong direction and they come back to the log was actually real <laughs> yeah. and that they broke they were breaking down because they had been walking all day and just ended up back there like actually um so those are like real reactions so i, I kind of think that like i think that they were trying to get them lost in a sense you know like yeah. oh, if you just follow these directions on the gps you'll get there but then not saying anything afterwards right. and just being and you know if are we going the right way? I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. Right, and then not knowing right. what's in between there either. Like, you know, crossing the rivers every time and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like, um, I think it was a little bit of both because that just, I mean, the, the, the filmmakers for this movie were trying to, to do that. You I'm know? impressed with like the directors. I mean, cause like the directors, they had to have planned all this out so much in advance. Mm -hmm. Like the planning of the film is really impressive to me in the sense of like, coming up with the idea of you know dropping off the film cans like the 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 work behind everything yeah not just the filming right. part because the actors are doing all the filming primarily but just the setting up the setting up scenarios setting up the 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 situation i is pretty impressive really yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of like the creativity behind the pre-production or the uniqueness behind how yeah. they shot it you know mm -hmm. like it's extremely unconventional how they went about shooting this thing and totally. they even like set up a fake online website a year before the film even came out to make it as like the characters in the movie made the website mm -hmm. so yeah. that when people like looked into are these people legitimate or not they had a website that they were that that are that is up for they, people like, to view it. that confirmed yeah. that these people did like quote exist and were trying to do this and then they posted like missing onto the yeah, website yeah. and and in real life but they were posting like missing posters yeah you know right and and like on imdb they changed their status to like deceased yeah right. yeah. 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 yeah which is very uh that's what they did for cannibal holocaust too with yeah. those actors like they were like hey you gotta lay low for a while so this is like the modern version of having your actors kind of lay down and just you know 
yep. be quiet for a little bit. I don't think you could pull that off now. It'd be very hard. Because most people have, yeah. like, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, I, all that stuff. And I, just... I think now it you could pull it off better, I think. Because like, yeah, you if you have could... these outlets that you can shut down. That's that true. That people rely on. Yeah, That's true. It'd That's be actually... more expensive, though. Yeah, it would be. I think. Well, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, Walking Phoenix's performance in I'm Still Here, you know, where he acts crazy and even goes on Letterman as an act and having it not really be real. If he could pull that off on the world <laughs> stage, then, right. then, I mean, yeah, it's definitely doable. <laughs> but could, you, could you imagine, like, someone someone huge who has, like, a huge, like, Twitter following or right. Instagram following, like The Rock or something like that, yeah, like yeah. doing a movie like Cannibal Holocaust or, or Serbian or, or Blair Witch and and then shutting down his Twitter and like announcing his death and stuff like that. Like that would be insane. That'd be yeah. so cool. It would like, be, be really freaking cool. Awesome. It would but be it would, awesome. I don't but... it would never happen though. But I'm but guessing it would there'd be, be lo- fucking cool. But there'd be lawsuits though, wouldn't there? Because like most of those guys, like even just big stars, they have like Gucci, you know, and, and all these other like they have like all these all these brands that brands are like and stuff attached that, that attached to them, yeah. Uh, that like you'd have like the PR of that would just be so insane. But right. if it if it was doable, it would be like it would be one cool. of the best hoaxes like ever, yeah, like totally. ever, oh, like hundred percent. Totally. It would just be, yeah, wow. It, I think that movie would be huge oh yeah definitely. like it would be ginormous well, I mean, and just, it would be weird it it's just be so weird in it, a good way well yes i mean it's just like it, it proved you know everybody went and saw batman or the uh the dark knight because he ledger you know died because he died yeah yeah uh like even the people that weren't into batman saw that movie because they were either fans of his films or they just heard through word of mouth that it was his last film you know he's dead right all this stuff so if you had someone that's like yeah, either that same thing would happen. They would just see it just because they're like, "Oh fuck, this is the film that fucking George Clooney was doing, and he mm-hmm. got he died." You know, yeah, while like he died re- on set. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, it, like so many people would buy that shit, and then the whole marketing would be like watch their actual death like on screen like the scene (laughs) that they died in or whatever you know like oh my gosh that would be so fucking awesome and then like they lay low and then a year later it's like nope i'm alive and everyone everyone would feel so cheated though oh yeah you know because it would would possibly ruin their career it would yeah it would 100 percent ruin their career i think so yeah fuck (laughs) because it's so like yeah it's like this trust we have like the only trust we have with celebrities it is that they're still alive you know like when (laughs) when a celebrity dies everyone's impacted by it so they'd be capitalizing on the fact that people care so much about celebrity deaths it's it's like the big uproar with daniel day lewis now by you know because he's you know he released a statement saying that he's going to retire after this next film that he's already filmed that's coming out later this year uh you know, like everyone's upset, like fuck. Uh-huh. But I don't know though. He may come yeah. out of retirement. He better. How many times? How many times has he retired? I know. Is this his <laughs> second or third? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. And, and Soderbergh's like, I'm never making a film again. And then he starts making the right. Ink, and now he, he just came out with a new film. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like uh, people right. just need to stop saying they're retiring. Like just right. Tar- shut up. Tarantino's like. I'm going to be done after 10 films or what? But see, it? Tarantino, I kind of believe, because he's been saying that for such a long time. I don't think it's going to happen. I think he's going to say that, and then it's going to be like five years down the road, and he's going to be like, 
I gotta do something. Like, but there's been yeah. stretches where he doesn't go do back anything. You know, where like, I mean, I don't know. And he's and he's becoming he, a married man too. Uh, he, he is obsessed. Down. He's obsessed with his uh, image. His I know, filmography. but he's gonna, he wants to do novels. So he'll always have that'll be God. a big thing when his like books comes out. You yeah, know, you or might, whatever. That might be his. Yeah. What he, but I feel like he'll and he'll probably he'll probably want to act in people's movies too. I hope people remake his books into movies. God, I want to see that, that so bad. Oh, I bet you they're terrible. Be really cool. <laughs> I I would be down for something like that. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, I bet you they're just gonna be terrible though. Because like, no one's ever really done. Uh, no one's ever besides Robert Rodriguez directed a script that was by him. No. Uh, yeah. The, uh, no, there was that one. Um, true true, uh, oh, romance. true Romance. True Romance. But, oh, and Natural Born Killers. Yeah, Natural Born Killers, Those, those yeah. were kind yeah. of like when he was first starting. But I mean, like, after his after name. After he got hot. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, like. Because yeah. yeah, he keeps be, everything to himself just, right. just in case he wants to make it, you know, yeah. at some point. Right. So, I, yeah. I can't imagine. I bet you in his office he just has shelves upon shelves of scripts, dude. Because that so guy probably writes a lot. See, like what I mean, and and that stuff will all be eventually re- released. I'm guessing in our lifetime. I'm sure. It'd be interesting. You know. Oh his, yeah. His writings. He'll, he'll probably maybe like in you know to like get some money flown in. Just released every or a big chunk of scripts that have that are unproduced or yeah or, or, or something. You know that he's like I don't care what we do with these. Or I will release these just in a giant book for everybody to read. Yeah. Yep. Like he might do something like that. That would be cool. For his fans. Because, I mean, his fans are like zealots, you know? Totally. They, they, they flock towards him, you know? Yeah, for sure. Totally. I'm one of them. <laughs> Crazy well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, destroy a set that they filmed at. <laughs> I would be like, oh, cool, I would take pictures. Right. But I wouldn't, like, freak out. But then again... I'm a civilized human being. I think, I, think, I, think, I think you'd freak out in a very Byron Gouillette way. Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah. Like internally, like freaking out, palm sweating, yeah. uh, like craving ice cream. Um, yeah. You know, like getting, you'd bring your dibs with you. Yeah, something. getting the fizz inside. Fizz. <laughs> <laughs> <Because laughs> fizz. Uh, the inner fizz. Uh, yeah, the inner fizz. Uh, so, um,. Basically, when it came to these actors and, like, moving along in the woods and whatnot, um, the directors basically kind of got them going during the day, get them walking, get them tired. Uh, They would harass them at night, so um, (laughs) without telling them what was going to happen. And I guess uh, as the shooting days went on, each day they gave them less and less food. Um, so they were getting like legitimately like hungry and whatnot. See, but um, I like that. Like they thought about all these things, all these little details. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. It's impressive. Like it's actually I, kind of sadistic. <laughs> yeah, no, which it, is great. It is. Yeah, it's kind of. I feel like this would be if Hitchcock was alive. This would be his favorite film. Uh, you know, just just because of the production history, <laughs> how how they treated the actors. Well, I mean, like I, but I like that. I mean, I know some people would probably be like, "Oh, morally, it's so wrong." But I'm like, "Fuck, it's a film." Like, I think that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's great. It's, yeah. It's like, I mean, the actors knew what they signed up for, right? To a degree, yeah. Exactly. I mean, they they knew like uh, this is going to be weird. We might be tested, you know, like. Cause, but I mean, know. anybody who signed up to go walking for hours and hours and hours by themselves, yeah, like right. following a GPS, they have to be and like knowing that any like somebody could come out of the woods or like a group of fucking rednecks would come out at any time that you know were quote fake, but yet. 
it would right. still keep you on edge because totally. you never know when that shit's gonna happen. Right. Like, right. well, they said one guy said that for him the scariest moment that they did while filming was when the filmmakers were playing sounds of children playing in the yeah, distance. That yeah, that part was cool. Yeah, yeah, and then the chick said that the part where she goes into the basement and sees the guy because I, I, I'm guessing that was like a surprise to them right uh, Right at the very end I yeah. guess uh, that scared her so bad that for like weeks after she was just like hyperventilating and <laughs> randomly crying at times oh, just because like dealing with that like the the fallout of that right? right so like you know some of that stuff like they probably knew but at the same time the filmmakers are like okay we're gonna like high you know some yeah. of this is gonna be but you could do so much more crazier shit though to really fuck them up but, yeah so they didn't really do anything really that bad right? i mean they definitely pushed it they, yeah, you know, yeah that's yeah. the thing i think that which is cool yeah. but like i mean like instead of just having a dude standing there in the corner they could have had like something really fucked up oh yeah, well, apparently you know? they had a more gory ending which involved you know more yeah and but, apparently but they, they filmed that later i i don't know if they filmed I don't remember if they filmed the different endings or if they were conceiving endings. Um, I actually, I know. I think they filmed them later. Like, at, so they came out with it, and then after people watched it, they were like, "We want to do that's right alternate endings." That's and right. They, they didn't go with any of them because they're like, it just what was it like? They they thought that the imagine the the imaginary witch was the best witch, like uh, not yeah, knowing. Yeah. You know what it was, was or the, the scariest thing. The fact because people were like confused and off put by the ending, and the filmmakers realized after doing the uh, shoots for the different endings, they realized that the whole point was to leave the audience off balance and to yeah. to leave it unexplained. Yeah. That was literally yeah. like you know because that that's point. what yeah, that's what made it so unsettling. Um, yeah. Which which is cool, and then actually the fact that the witch is not in the film was an accident. So yeah, like, yeah. uh, cause they were actually, you are, you were at one point supposed to see her when, when, uh, they run out of the tent or when they're running and they're trying to find him. Cause you know, jo- uh, uh, I think it's, is it Josh? who's like yelling from, from outside, you know, you can hear him just screaming or whatever. So they go to chase his voice. And at one point the chick is like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was yeah, that? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But the camera and when that was, when that happened, the camera was supposed to pan over and you were supposed to see this like white dress, like a figure in a white yeah. dress, like off to the side. Hmm. And I guess he forgot to do that. So that now we have <laughs> a film where the witch is not in it like at all, uh, which Probably, he probably more just, effective. He was probably just scared shitless. <laughs> oh, dude, I would be. Are you kidding me? Well, I, I think the part, I think the most, the best part of the whole film was like the the voices or whatever. Like when they're in the tent, and they hear like the yeah. kids or whatever. That was the best yeah. part for me. That was right before Josh gets taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. part was awesome because yeah. I was like, because I had read like the trivia before I'd seen the movie, so I was waiting for that scene, and it turned out like it turned out really good. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, because I, I was trying, then I was in, in, imagining being an actor in it, and like, you're just fucking like sleeping, and you wake up to these fucking voices mm-hmm. and shit. Like, yeah, even even you know, even though you're you know you're making a film, like there's there's still that there would still be that like part of your mind that would be like, well, fuck, I am in the middle of the woods. Like, would the directors right. really? actually take the time to do this at right. two in the morning or three in the morning there's always that right. like question totally which like and also like what if they didn't put the camera on though too so that also made me question i was like okay right. well, did they really know that maybe they were doing that particular scene at that moment 
and then because like i feel that there's the possibility that if i was that actor i wouldn't turn the camera and i would just want to get the fuck out of there. you yeah. know what i mean well that's why they i think they told her in their private discussion like whatever you whatever happens yeah you like put always because that's why she says like i just feel like we have to film everything i just feel like we have to film right, everything right, like right. they t- you know they told her to do yeah. that like whatever you do turn yeah. on the camera yeah. like whatever happens your first priority is to turn on the camera um because they didn't know what was going to happen in right night. like the the yeah. part where the the they go and shake the tent yeah they didn't know that was going to happen right. that was one of the film directors yeah actually doing that and that's you know legitimately scared the shit out of them <laughs> and like t- you know after a couple of nights of like you wake up and there's rocks around you wake up and there's you know different like these crazy shaped sticks around like you know like after you see that after a couple of nights you're like okay they're out here doing something so now right. you're on edge right. because you know that something's gonna happen yeah but you don't know what, yeah. what exactly yeah. yeah you don't know what um one one of the great things about that is that nothing helps an actor more than giving them something to work with you know mm-hmm. so even even if the the actors like they they know that they're intentionally being fucked with or maybe they don't but even if they do, they have something to react to and mm-hmm. have something to be afraid of, and it's affecting them right. um, at a very specific level. Yeah. So, like, say, for instance, you want to have your actor cry about something, you know. They need to be able to pull crying and a certain type of crying from some place that's happened in their life mm-hmm. or just from any from somewhere, a dream, a, you know, any anything. Yeah. Um, and if they don't have that, then they can't do it. Mm-hmm. However, in this movie... They're giving the actors that stuff as it's happening. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? So it's like, hey, it doesn't really matter who does this as long as they can improvise lines because we're going to give them all these things on the go. Yeah. You know? yep. So really, they could be could be anybody acting in this movie. Could yeah. literally be anybody. Yeah. Um, but they went through a pretty extensive process to find the right people. Um, which, you is, know. which is, yeah, which is... Because they they specifically were looking for actors with extremely strong improvisational yeah. skills. Um, because, yeah, and the, I and think the, that's the only thing is like they need the, those lines. You know yeah. what I mean? That that's the only thing that they needed. But everything like, who knows what the actors were pulling from? Because they, I don't think they were pulling from anything to deliver the goods here. They were pulling from what the filmmakers had created and their you know immediate I mean? situation yeah. of like being, you know, hungry and and deprived of certain yeah, things you know like edge. yes yeah yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah which goes back to that same thing you mm-hmm. know yeah but even yeah. at the beginning of the film when they're just like interviewing the townspeople which by the way the townspeople looked awesome i like that they looked you know they they just looked like cool townspeople um but the the they're the three of them the way they interacted with each other seemed real like that like that yeah. they already had like a history of knowing each other which was again i i, I was like like they did pull that off but you don't really know anything about each character or about the relationship dynamics between the three of them Mm -hmm. at all but yet it did seem like they already knew each other well it was like the one i mean they show up to that one dude the sound guy and they're like oh hey it was like nice to meet like thanks for helping out like they didn't seem to know that guy uh when the filmmakers first were conceiving the story there was supposed to be some sort of like romantic connection between two of them yeah Mm -hmm. um but that was eventually dropped but it still kind of shows up with their like you know there's her and the one guy are like specifically like a little more 
there's something a little yeah, more going on Yeah, because he's, like, filming here. her, like, as she's trying to look for a place to pee and yeah. some stuff like that yeah. that was going yeah. on that you could tell. Where and he's the one kind more. of pressing her buttons more, right. like, right. you're the one who said we were going the right way. You're the one who said that, you know, yeah. like, that whole thing, too. It yeah. seemed like there was something a little bit more there, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, I totally got that sense in there. Like, it wasn't, like, re- uh, relevant to the story or what didn't hit any plot elements, you know? It wasn't even a subplot, yeah. but... It was totally like ingrained which, in their relationship. Which I liked that, man. That's what made the. I think all those little things like that made the film feel more real. Yeah, and that, yeah. that's why I'm so impressed with just the forethought that the directors did. I guess the yeah. the actors agreed amongst themselves that they were going to always stay in character for the film too yeah. while, while they were shooting. Like some sort of rule, right? Uh, well, 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 what it was is they agreed that for the entirety of the shoot they would be in character um if for some reason they needed to break character they all had to say their safe word which i guess was like taco or something and they all had to say it so that they'd all agree to to drop the the facade but beyond Mm. that you know they they tried their best to stay in character which is why i like the scene where they're in the hotel room um because like it is a really interesting dynamic how they go back and forth and you're like kind of getting to know each other because now you're in this room and you're going to be working on this project yeah. like and they're all drinking right. so like it, things are getting a little more loose you know yeah, and yeah. then I guess that scene actually had a huge chunk of it cut out where like uh, there was like more arguments happening between them. I guess yeah, at some point like they got in arguments yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there was like a two hour section and they cut out like a huge you know like hour 40 minutes of it or whatever um, and I'm like, and I'm glad that they didn't go, like, the cliched route of, like, having, like, a relationship with one of them or anything like that because it made that scene feel better as well. You know, like, because, like, you could have been like, okay, well, here we go. We have the, the, the motel scene mm-hmm. where yeah. we're going to see them be lovey-dovey or whatever, right? Like, I'm glad it, it wasn't like that, you know? I don't know. Right. Yeah, it was kinda, so unnecessary if they would have done that. Like, yeah. 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 Kind of kind of like Cloverfield hits in that you yeah. know what I mean it like has the like love thing right, right. Cloverfield was like birthed because of this movie yeah uh, which is yeah. totally stupid like you spend a huge chunk of Cloverfield just being like dude either talk or don't talk no one cares right like we just want to see yeah. the monster you know what I mean like yeah. and then th- I think having the dynamic in this film where they're all pretty much equal makes right. for the when he d- does disappear it makes that's so much more impactful. Yeah, yeah. Because they all needed each other to rely on each other just to get by, and then when he's gone, mm-hmm. it's like that's huge. Yeah, you know? yeah for and sure. It really, really upped yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Speaking of the townspeople, though, um, I guess it was like a mixture of like non-actors and plants by the filmmakers, that's but the cool. uh, actors themselves didn't know. Yeah. So they would just like were told to go interview people, and then like the direct, you know. See, that's so cool. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. yeah, which helps helps blend the the like the fiction nonfiction. Right? Yeah, because like, the, the actors also didn't know that the that the Blair Witch itself was a fake yeah. thing. Like they actually they, thought they that thought it, was it was a real. local yeah, legend. Exactly. So when they're going up to these plants, these you know, th- th- and they're getting. Like oh yeah, that, mm-hmm. and then they're getting like verification, yeah. like this exists. Exactly. Then it's like oh fuck. So then that also puts into question when they do wake up in the middle of night hearing kids' voices, like oh shit, you know? Like, yeah, it's they just, believe it, it was real. The psychology like, behind it is really fascinating. Totally, I don't know, it's right? Really cool. That, that's what this movie right. is. It's just an experiment in psychology. Yeah. No, for um, sure. It's like like 
it wouldn't have surprised me if like I you know like the biographies of the directors were like you know they studied at you know some you know psychology at mm -hmm. some school you know ironically right, like the right. Coen brothers both I think have psychology degrees but they didn't they don't really do <laughs> films like this where they like right know, yeah test their exactly people but like, I, I think a, there's a lot of filmmakers with psychology degrees I think that's a pretty common which it makes sense it makes sense yeah because yeah, like yeah. you know he, film is primarily always about something to do with you know the human condition whether it's emotion or whatever right and same yeah. with horror i mean horror is one of those things where you're tapping into psychological issues or emotions or you know things that i mean yeah it just makes sense yeah totally yeah yeah for sure um so like i said the filming took place over eight days it was actually supposed to be seven but through various setbacks they had to add another day the last day of filming was halloween of that year <laughs> which is pretty awesome awesome yeah um so the official budget for the film is sixty thousand dollars which like you said came out recently that he confirmed that one of the filmmakers confirmed that uh with a total return of about 250 million uh making it the highest grossing debut for a writer director up until the recent film get out uh however i did also read that supposedly like so I read one thing that said Get Out finally um, beat it, its record. Um, but I also read that apparently My Big Fat Greek Wedding uh, was... So... It was pretty close. No, like it beat it. Yeah. Like it, oh. it, it actually became the highest grossing independent movie of all time. Right. Um, That's what I read too. Huh. So I don't know. I, I, I read two different things. So, but then but, I want to say something beat that though later too. Well, Get right. Out apparently is now... Right. But I want to say before Get Out, there was another one. It's certainly, well... But I forgot what it was. Paranormal. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, but we'll we'll talk about that in just a little bit when we talk about Paranormal. But, like, right. so, so I don't know what the correction is. I mean, for a while, it was the case that Blair Witch was extremely successful. Uh, and, and, and pay attention to the fact that we're saying highest grossing, because uh, that's, that's an important, like... Uh, important term to to be separated out, right? Um, but yeah, so and we're, and we're also talking independent too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, and like, so Get Out uh, apparently is the one that's. And so this is this is different. This might be that's maybe that's what we're talking. That's what that's a good point. So I said Get Out is the highest grossing debut for a writer director, okay. whereas My Big Fat Greek Wedding was the highest grossing independent, independent movie, so right, not necessarily right. the debut. Of, so yeah. I guess they oh, both can coexist, right? Um, and then, yeah, and then also for people that, like the, like, the comparisons to it will probably come up too, but that's not an independent film. Right. So we can't even compare films like that. Yet, right, exactly. I mean, you, you can, can compare, compare it when it comes to horror, just as yeah. a horror film. You like, can compare it in the sense of the rated R rating, right? You know, because because it broke the records for right. like highest grossing rated R movie, um, and you know, in terms of horror. But obviously, Get Out was extremely successful on a fairly yeah. you know, modest budget, yeah, um, whereas it definitely had a way higher budget. Uh, are you looking up something that you want to say, Jacob? Uh not at the moment. Okay. When I, <laughs> when I find it, I will mention it. Okay. Um, so, obviously, you know, this was not the first film to employ the found footage technique. You know, Jacob mentioned Cannibal Holocaust back in the 70s. Uh, actually, the, the documentary type thing goes back all the way to the 20s um, with a film called Haxon, 
uh, or a, a oh yeah, Hakson, I yeah, think H A X A N, which is like a uh, Danish uh, or Swiss film. Um, it, ironically, I watched that in a Tony Pritchard class. Nice, that we had it last sounds week. cool. Yeah, yeah, it sounds super cool. Oh, I want to watch it, um, but it's like a silent documentary horror film, right? Yeah, uh, and it's I, it's, hmm. it's different. It's cool. Not all of it's good. I but mean, that's but where that's where uh, the Paranormal Activity guys, I guess, um, got their. I uh, think production company name right. Yeah, yeah Hakes and yeah. in Films or whatever. Yeah. And because it's Hakes, it's an A with an umlaut, so that's right. you know what Hakes in. Um, but yeah, that's where they 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 got their their name. Uh, no, no. Shoot, I can't remember now if it was Paranormal or if it was. Um, I think it was Paranormal. Because it was just the one guy, basically, who did Paranormal, though. So that's why I can't remember now. Either it, way. Yeah, it's either Paranormal or Blair Witch, but I think, I'm pretty sure it's Paranormal that had that. That did what? Sorry. That no, had, no, it was this one. Founder oh, it was, it Ed, was Eduardo Blair Witch? Sanchez, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. So the, so these oh. guys took it from that Hakeson. Yeah, cool. Which, well, I guess that makes sense, because this one has more of that occult, like, like with the yeah. stick man and everything. Makes yeah. more sense. So Hakes and Films is the company they formed to make this this uh, to make Blair Witch. Um, anyway, so what I'm saying is that uh, they weren't the first to employ this technique. However, it is considered a milestone in filmmaking it, uh, with this technique specifically, and is basically considered the precursor to the current found footage movement we have today. Yeah, because way more people saw this film than like Cannibal Holocaust. Totally. Even though Cannibal Holocaust has that cult following, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Not everyone has seen it or has even really heard about it, whereas everybody has heard about the Blair Witch Project. Well, also, Cannibal yeah. Holocaust is like, not everyone's into the gore right. of it, right? right? Yeah. This super intense, whereas right. this is just all, it's literally yeah. all psychological. And I'm sure right. Cannibal Holocaust probably has more of like a name in like Europe, yeah. you know, more so than over here. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I remember when the Blair Witch Project came out. I think uh, so. It came out in '99. I would have been in third or fourth grade, and I remember, I, you know, I didn't have TV, so my parent or my grandparents would, you know, send us these tapes with these like cartoons and stuff on it. And I remember seeing the little TV spot for it, and I remember just thinking that it was just different. I, I just remember thinking it was just weird seeing like this. It just looked like nothing else that I had seen on mm-hmm. TV, even TV spot wise, right? And then right. I remember my grandparents telling us or telling my parents about this film that they watched called called the Blair Witch Project and how they absolutely hated it because you couldn't see anything and it was <laughs> rainy and it was boring and <laughs> yeah. I, so I, it's always stuck with me that that um that, that my grandparents had actually seen this movie and tried it out and you know they didn't like it uh but they they go and see all sorts of different stuff which is nice. cool that they're That's never cool. they're never you know Anti, like, oh, I'm not going to watch that because you know yeah. they always like to try things out, and they and they they, they watched the whole thing, nice. but they just you know they didn't really. It wasn't their cup of tea, but right. horror yeah. isn't really their thing, <laughs> right? But um, they still watch it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, totally. Like my grandparents, so it was like wouldn't. a big thing, you know. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Uh, this film is also considered one of the first movies to utilize the internet for its marketing. Uh, utilizing a viral campaign that painted the actors as legitimately dead, like we said. Uh, distribution company Artisan Entertainment, which is now defunct, went through great lengths to keep the actors hidden from the public. Uh, and I guess even at, some, at one point, one of the actors' mothers w- was getting uh, 
um, condolence letters <laughs> oh, yeah. sent to her like all the time <laughs> and stuff. Uh, so that's crazy. Um, and then the film, and then uh, the filmmakers is <laughs> super fucked up. But obviously, she knew that her kids were like not, you know, her kid was not dead, right? Yeah. Like, um, but the filmmakers oh, also yeah. used uh, 1950s like horror ass techniques. Uh, like the gimmicks at screenings to push their claims of dead actors. So they would hand out flyers and, and, and stuff like that. And, and, you know, just really getting pushing this whole, like, can you guys like come forward with any information? Yeah. You know, there's gonna be like a reward like that, all, all that stuff, you know, um, really, really helping with the realism of it. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> there was that story at the Cannes film festival. They were trying to shop the film and they were putting, posters up like yeah. have you seen these people and then they actually ended up having to tear the posters down because there was some executive producer that actually got kidnapped yeah <laughs> yeah they had to take it down like the next day because of that like some <laughs> crazy some foreign film or some producer or some other film got kidnapped and out of out of respect for the, the kidnapping they actually took to take it these down, big yeah. missing posters down and, the, and I guess the producer ended up being fine like they found him and everything but nice. funny yeah I remember reading that too that's, that's hilarious yeah. that's a fucking can film like what's the chances you know um, so uh, our second film is Paranormal Activity made in 2007 um, basic plot summary after moving into a suburban home a couple becomes increasingly disturbed by a nightly demonic presence uh, the film was shot, written, direct. Uh, well, I wrote that twice. The film was written, directed, shot, and edited by Oren Pelly. Pelly. I'm, uh, I'm gonna say Pelly. Oren Pelly. Uh, he's an Israeli filmmaker. Um, I say shot, but in reality, much of it was shot by the two actors. Um, you know, primarily the guy was like holding the camera, and the occasional, you know, she would hold yeah. the camera, but and then the tripod, but. Uh, he apparently he's responsible for the cinematography of it, deciding on the fact that they want to use that camera, the lighting on top of the camera, stuff like that. I wonder where right. that tripod is. Where the tripod is? <laughs> he sold it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the film relied on the same improvised concept as Blair Witch, opting instead to give the actors an outline and having them improvise lines, which you really, you know, you, you do get that feeling. Um, and then director... Uh, they used the director's house for the film, uh, it, causing it to have to be like updated and changed to make the filming possible. One example is the removal of carpets in the upstairs area so that the scenes with the powder and the scene of her being dragged uh, could be filmed. So cool. it wasn't hardwood initially. Um, and that's just his house, which is, you know, cool. Like, um, And I guess he... Uh, he said it was like basically the only people who worked on the film were him... He said he hired a makeup person, you know, and then um, his friend, and then I guess his then girlfriend at the time. His um, then girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're still together yeah. or what that was, but uh, yeah, that was. And it'd be creepy to film a horror film in your own house, yeah, though. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's funny because yeah. like he even like painted the walls like an off white so that everything yeah. wasn't super. Yeah, he had to do a lot of changes to his own house. Um, I guess this, for some reason the stairs didn't have a railing. Yeah, I thought that was weird, too. Uh, so they had to put in a railing, yeah. which is weird. Um, I don't know. That that was kind of a weird little detail. But essentially they had to alter the film to become – or alter the house to become more of the film set. I wonder if he still has the house or if he sold it to, like, some Zealot fan. Dude, I, he'd be <laughs> smart to sell it. And I guess that, that Ouija board that they got – 
they found that bought from like their local Costco That's or some I shit. I thought that was weird. I was like, fuck, I've That's never pretty, seen yeah. a Ouija board at Costco Me before. Either, yeah. yeah. I probably, well, this was, you know, 2007 though, too. Yeah, but so still, I was like, damn. And also like, to find one that is a straight up demonic board, like, yeah. that's pretty, you know, that's. It's too coincidental, almost. Because like, I've only seen Ouija boards for sale at, like, thrift stores. They sell them as toys, like uh, board game uh, sections and stuff. That's so funny. I guess I've just never... I've never looked. You know, I've just, like... It's a board game, yeah. is, what, is how they can classify it. Because um, it's not... Hmm. I mean, sellers don't say... people actually think that, that shit's, like, really real. Yeah. You know, like... Right. I don't know, man. I don't want to fuck with a Ouija board. <laughs> I don't want to fuck with a Ouija board, especially in a place that you think the whole reason you're pulling the Ouija board out, you know? Right, like, like the combination. Yeah. <laughs> but how is that classified as a board game? Because it's like a board... Because it's a... Because it's a board. It's a board game. It is a board game. I mean, by yeah. definition, it's a game. It's, it's a lot of people game, play it a as board. a game. Yeah. You know, like a... Like, oh, do you want to... It's like Bloody Mary. Like, oh, do you want to be spooky? Right, right. it came out, like, in the 70s, right? Yeah, Something like that. Like that yeah. But, like, it, but it is a board like a board game with a yeah. piece to play with you know like then they right. sell it as that you know um and then obviously some people make their own and there's all these beliefs about demon boards versus ouija boards and and, and there's a right. whole you know mythos and around even it. made a movie called ouija which i heard yeah. is terrible <laughs> um i wanted to make a short film about ouija board but <laughs> just never got around to it um mostly oh, because and, uh, it's kind of cliche ouija. Yeah. <laughs> well the idea I had was like it was going to be slightly different it was going to be literally just people sitting down to play a game with no backstory in a completely right. black so like the only thing you could see was like couches and the coffee table and the board in this completely b- big black open space so that you couldn't see anything around them like you didn't know they were in a house and then while they were doing it I was going to have monsters come from the darkness That'd to like cool. interact, you know what yeah. I mean? Like like a demon come out to grab someone or something, you know, in that regard. So, I don't know. It was kind it's of cool. a fun little idea that I thought of, but just never got around to to doing Still filming it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it would have just been for you know, submit to some stupid little short or whatever. Um, let's see, so uh, the film was shot in about the same amount of time as the Blair Witch seven day period. Um, which is weird how much this movie is like Blair Witch. Yeah, there's and, a lot of similarities. Yeah. Uh, I watched these. I re. Sorry, I watched these two films when we were initially going to do them. And then I rewatched them um, back to back, and it's really crazy how similar this movie is to Blair Witch. Like, it's pretty much a direct retelling of Blair yeah. Witch in like just they, a more they, modern. They setting. hit the same beats and yeah. the just the general like lack of world building yep you know like the lack of exposition you know that you get is the same you know and it hits the same like core like you know scenes yep uh for for the for the characters and for just the the movie as a whole and then it ends on a on a nice horrific beat and then it's just done totally and like he basically just read like the pre-production that the guys did for Blair Witch and kind of just copied it, you know, like <laughs> improvise, yeah. outline, yeah. you know, essentially one setting, because Blair Witch is essentially one setting. I mean, it has different, right? It, it goes from the hotel to... Sections, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but the bulk of yeah. it is in the woods. The setting is just yeah, right, the woods, right. you know? Um, so, I don't know. It, he basically, he definitely 
took a lot of inspiration from Blair Witch in making this. Yeah. Uh, right down he, to the he, budget, he, even. Yeah, and he, he found a way to do Blair Witch without leaving the comfort of his home. And, <laughs> Essentially, and yeah. I, I applaud that. That's that actually was, true. It's super that's impressive. That's pretty genius. He's um, <laughs> able to do that. I didn't think about that. That's funny. Um, let's see. Oh, so one kind of random big name attached to this film is uh, Mr. Steven Spielberg, which is totally bizarre. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of got to him through a chain of different people. Uh, basically, Jason Blum heard about it. At, at that point, he was the senior executive. Uh, he was a senior executive at Miramax. Um, he heard about it, loved it, and he was the one who was responsible for trying to get it into, like, uh, I think Sundance is what they were trying to get into, but it got, um, yeah, he heard about it, tried to get into Sundance, but it was ultimately rejected. Uh, eventually some folks at DreamWorks heard about it, uh, and were impressed by it. So DreamWorks, they kind of picked it up. They wanted to remake the film. Yeah. Cause that's owned by Spielberg. DreamWorks. DreamWorks? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. that's, that's why his, that's how he heard about yeah, it. That's then. his company. Yeah. Oh, okay. So like him and a couple of executives heard about it. They wanted to remake it. Um, and then put this version just, yeah. on... Him and Geffen. Sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they wanted to remake it, put this version on the DVD with the remade version and package it. Uh, however, they showed it to some test audiences first to get some ideas. Uh, and then they realized very quickly that that would have been a terrible idea to remake it. Because I guess what happened was test screeners were walking out of the film... Uh, and the filmmakers were like, what is happening? Is this a bad movie? And then they found out later that they people were walking out because they were like so scared of the movie. Which yeah. I can believe, but at the same time, that kind of sounds like one of those things they would say just to kind of like be like, check out the yeah. scariest movie right, we ever, right. you know, like, because if you think of the marketing like, for this movie, yeah. like. And then yeah. even the fact that Spielberg couldn't finish it and that he had to finish it the next day. In that's the that's funny, too. So, yeah, Spielberg started to watch it, had to turn it off. I just can't buy that. I just don't buy yeah. Spielberg having to turn this movie off and finishing it later. Like I, well, on top, it, it sounds like it sounds like PR. It yeah, does, right? It does. And yeah. on top of that, there was something like he put it in a room because he had a copy of it. He put it in a room. And somehow that room is locked from the inside, and somehow it got locked. Didn't even read that. There, there was something I can't. What the? It was basically like it was in a room. He the, somehow the room got locked from the inside, even though he was like the only one around or something. And this was like in his house, and he had to call someone to come out. And he was like just so freaked out by all of it that he was just like he had to bring the copy back to the studio and was like I don't want to have this anything to do anywhere in my house anymore like just you know I love it it's great but just keep it here um, which also sounds like a load of yeah, bullshit yeah it just but... sounds like a lot of crap yeah, yeah. it sounds it's, like PR. it sounds like businessman Spielberg yeah right totally you know? Totally. Uh, so eventually Paramount bought out DreamWorks and then they bought the rights to this film uh, and then ended up making alterations to it, including the ending. So the initial ending uh, that we that people got to see, I don't know if it's different than what they have now. What the original was. Because there's there's the ending and then there's the alternate ending. Um, and I this time around, I watched the alternate ending version. Which I thought was interesting. And how does that one end? Because I've only watched the original. So the original ending is when she gets like thrown at the camera or whatever, right? Or like, or uh, lunges at the camera yeah. or something, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I I can't remember. Yeah, she just like lunges. That, at the that's camera. Uh, that's not the original. 
that's the, the that's the that's the remade one that's the remade to. okay yeah the, the original one is with the cops and the and the cops come in oh she's like holding a uh here let me see Oh wait! There's like okay. four endings to this. Oh my god! Okay, so uh, there's there's three, there's three endings. Okay, so which is the one that no. most people saw in the theaters? What ending is that? So the the Paramount ending. So, um, Katie returns to the bedroom after screaming and a noise a noise of her and Micah struggling downstairs. She is holding a knife covered in blood. She closes and locks the bedroom door. Katie walks over and smiles at the camera, then slits her own throat, and the screen fades to black oh wait whoa 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 that's the alternative ending that's that's not the it's it's that same ending minus the throat slice is is the one that most people saw okay so that's the one i saw yeah yeah the throat the throat slice is the one you saw not without without the uh throat slice you saw the one where she smiles at the camera she just like smiles at the camera and then she like lunges towards it yeah 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 yeah. the lunging one is the original no no, the original one is the one with the cops. But no one saw that one, right? That's the one well, that... Here's oh, the thing. I see what you're saying. Yeah, you're right. You're Here, right. Here's here's the thing is... Um, if uh, I watched this movie when I was a freshman in college. And as a freshman in college, we had this file-sharing program that <laughs> you could get any movie you wanted. And someone on campus hosted it. Um, that was so cool. Yeah, it was super awesome. Anyways... Paranormal Activity showed up on that, and it was a pirated copy, and it was the original film, like a screener um, so, copy. Uh... So it wasn't that because it this came out in theaters when I was in college, and uh, it had the there was the theatrical version, then the DV like the online rip version, and the online rip version wasn't the same as the theatrical. So I ended up watching the theatrical later, and I actually liked the original ending more it sounds cool yeah with the cops kind of showing up like it's a little bit lower key it's more like Blair Witch where it kind of leaves some mystery to it you know and it doesn't end with like that flashy Hollywood ending yeah so this is what it says the original Katie returns to the bedroom and sits down against the bed with the knife in her hand rocking back and forth for almost two days straight Amber Amber, who is, I'm guessing, the friend that you see throughout the film, yeah. comes looking for her. But when she enters the house, she is heard screaming after seeing Micah's bo- or Mika's body. The creature possessing Katie leaves her body, scaring Amber out of the house before returning to Katie, who resumes rocking back and forth. The, mm-hmm. the police arrives... The, the police officers arrive at the house about a half hour later and discover Mika's body as well. They call to Katie, who wakes from her catatonic state and seems confused. Katie comes out of the bedroom with the knife still in her hand. The police ask her to drop the knife. Following a heated confrontation, a door behind one of the police officers slams shut, causing the officer to shoot Katie, killing her. The film ends yeah. with the police inve- what, with the police investigation. Film ends with the police investigating the area and finding nothing but the camera still running. I would like that ending. That, that, that ending. It's better. Would be so much better. And and it's and it's yeah. ironically, it seems like it would cost so much more too. Yeah, like it seems like it's the bigger budget looking totally. ending than right. Than um, and I apparently, but, it, but it's not. Yeah, and like that's funny. But the problem with that, well, not the problem. If they were to have ended it like that, because like the rest of the paranormal movies pull in her character. Oh, and at one yeah. point, she like. There's like this weird moment. I guess the way that the marked one. So I think it's like number four. 
hmm. um, with the where it's talking about like the Mexican family or the Spanish uh, family. Yeah, I um, apparently, he, there's some weird time warp where they they retro actively say that the reason why they scream in the first one is because they find that kid somehow like time traveled um huh. and it was actually him that caused like the disturbance in it um I, I, I don't know I was reading I was reading I haven't seen him but I was reading about it so like her character is part of the rest of the series okay, so if they yeah. were to have killed her off they it it would have that, yeah, changed a lot of things, um, right? So, the, like, like they kept it open in order to have a character that you could kind of come back to for the right. franchise of the film, exactly. Oh, man, uh, like, which they didn't it, know it about have just initially. Been like an anthology series or something. Yeah, it's um, it's a little yeah. unfortunate that they that each movie is kind of based yeah. off of the other ones, but um, yeah, because I think it'd be better if it was anthology. Totally, I mean, that would be way cooler. Definitely, totally. Definitely. Um, so the paramount alternate ending um and this ending available on home releases katie returns to the bedroom after the screaming and noise of her and mika struggling downstairs so this one's kind of cool because you can hear the thump of her walking it's like really uh, slow you hear these loud thumps of her coming up the stairs um she's holding a knife and covered in blood she closes and locks the bedroom door katie walks over and smiles at the camera then slits her own throat um and this is the ending i saw this time um, which I kind of, you know, I kind of dug that yeah, too, yeah, but yeah. obviously yeah, it kills her. I don't mind that ending. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty creepy um, when she stares and then kind of. does. I wish they would have. The the only thing that bothers me is that when she does the throat cut, she like immediately falls over. I kind of uh, wish they would have just like hung on it a little bit more, glory. and then had her fall over. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, yeah unfilmed alternate ending a third alternate ending was written in which a possessed katie would corner micah and bludgeon him to death with his camera while viewers <laughs> watch from the camera's point of view um the version was deemed too complicated and too brutal to shoot i re- I read i did read that version i didn't read about the other version that's funny yeah so they, then yeah they didn't film that the one. main yeah. version release is when she gets th- is thrown at the camera or, or lunges i don't remember if it's thrown or lunges she, like, at the lunges, camera. she lunges she, at yeah, it yeah she like is like coming at the viewers yeah kind of. Of, okay. Yeah. It feels like I'm about to get ya. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, you're next, sort of a thing, and it's like, yeah, that's it's not as good. <laughs> so, what am I? Oh, okay. So I'm reading this here. It says, um, you know, she does her whole thing. Uh, after silence, Katie's. So she goes downstairs. She screams. Uh, afterward, yeah, he exclaims in pain causing her to stop screaming, and then heavy footsteps are heard coming upstairs. All of a sudden, Mika's body is violently hurled at the camera, which is knocked off the tripod, revealing a demonic Katie standing in the doorway. She slowly walks into the room, stained with blood, and crawls to Mika's body, then looks up at the camera with a grin uh, as she lunges. Okay. That's the... That is the ending. Okay. That's the the ending they shot and went with. And went with. Okay. Yeah. After Paramount got a hold of it. Oh, okay. So I need to rewatch that ending, because I... honestly didn't remember that um but yeah this is it's funny how many like different iterations there are of this movie yeah it's kind of um, funny yeah so uh oren pa- paley um basically helped to push so this film also utilized viral marketing another thing it kind of took from blair witch uh he helped push the viral marketing of the film by getting fans to vote for where it sh- would be where it should be shown next uh use i can't remember the website they used um Basically, the first time this was ever done, 
and this really helped its release grow. And then Paramount said, like, you know, after if this film gets a certain amount of votes, then we'll release it nationwide. Uh, so they were using this platform to to see to gauge interest. But basically, this film had a really slow release uh, and then eventually was released nationwide because of demand. The film grossed close to $200 million on a budget of $15,000, making it the most profitable film ever made based on a based on, uh, return on investment. Crazy. Yep. Yeah. It's like a stu- like stupidly... Yeah. Uh, like it's like highest return on investment by a huge mar- like almost like four times yeah you know you know yeah it's pretty it's gonna be a hard one to beat yeah <laughs> if, if anyone is ever i don't think anyone will ever beat it honestly it's, it's i don't so think so far it's so f- high up there on the roi yeah you'd basically have to make a movie for less than 15 grand and it's hope. doable folks it is possible nowadays, <laughs> but man, the whole thing about this movie is that it was effective in what it did. You know, it like it it f- he found out what he wanted to do and did that, and yeah. it it happened. Yeah, his vision was really clear. Yeah, and, and, and I think he. I mean, all you know, a huge chunk of it is luck, right? Like he was lucky to at the time and place, and and releasing it the way he did or whatever. Like you know, it, it's hard to know when is the right time but I guess you kind of just have to try it yeah, and, and fa- yeah. find out but basically so there's this idea that like horror makes a crap ton of money um, and we've seen it with it we've seen it with the two movies we're talking about I mean you know you can name a list of horror movies that came out like recently and yeah. like a lot of them even if they're bad generally make make good money um all the classic horror movies have made all their money and then some with you know VOD home release um royalties from being shown yeah. selling their likenesses you know like freaking there's a couple of games so the new Mortal Kombat has Leatherface Jason and the freaking Xenomorph from Alien as playable characters. Yeah. Um, the Jason mo- uh, game that came out um, where you play, you can play as Jason. <laughs> and then there's a different game that is similar to the Jason game, but they had an expansion for Halloween. So you can play as Mike oh, Myers. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the other character is Lori. Um, <laughs> from the funny. film. So like, it's pretty interesting. Totally. And so there's all these crazy like likenesses, you know of, of of characters being sold and made into all these games and like Blair Witch had a game I think that was made off right. of it Paranormal Activity there was a game that was planned or made off of it um a lot book of these series what's that book series book series yeah dude like comics um, you know like there's there's something about horror that like horror and action are the two like most like highest grossing genres uh, of all t- of of all film, um, you know, comedy would probably be like the third one or drama, right? But like horror and action, if you are trying to make money at film, that's yeah. the way to go. That's the yeah, yeah. Because there there are just so many people who just absolutely love horror films. Yep, you know, right. action. I think still has a following, but I think some of those people are like, eh. You know what I mean? But the horror fans are extremely passionate. That's the thing about the horror fans is, like, you know, there's more podcasts about horror films than there are, like, just regular, you know, films. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Or look at all the paranormal podcasts, paranormal TV shows, serial killer, true crime. Like, it's huge, you know? Um, Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, it it taps into just that interest that people are always curious about, like, the dark stuff or things that that scare them or, or, you know, anything that, that provokes feelings that they don't want to experience in real life but they feel comfortable experiencing it because it's safe you know it's a safe way to feel to feel that way right yeah yeah. um like you don't have to go to the uh haunted like you know that ghost town in order to right to feel these things yeah it's the same way people like to go to the roller coasters you know it's the same it's the same thrill uh yeah, it's like uh, like adrenaline junkies, right? Sort of yeah, thing. no, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, but also, like you know, uh, Keith said about like these f- franchises, you know, Alien and the you know the Halloween films and the Jason movies, and you know, there's there's a such some of these there's like so many of these <laughs> movies that there's also like a a. a, a like I don't even know how to explain it. Like uh, people like to dive into the series and like kind of dissect it all, and because um, it because like the series has like a history, right. you know, and and a mystery to some of these the stories as well. So like like for example, like Alien, um, there's still so much like to be explored with it, but also like things that you know the filmmakers have like hinted at that people are still talking about. Right, um, and right. It's just. Yeah. So yeah, people are people love it because they because a lot of these films, what they the kind of tactic that they do is is they uh, they don't really do like the world building thing. You know, they 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 stop at where the story is. You know, right. they, you don't get anything beyond like what is happening with the story, and the stories are so focused on a particular experience or adventure of one character. That they don't really kind of they don't dive into like the greater picture of the you know like they don't have that explainer scene where it's like here's where we're at sort of a thing right yeah no yeah. for sure yeah. and also like we said too like horror is the most like I guess probably easily dissected like you know it's always got the most metaphor that people want to talk about it's always got the most like analysis and theory people want to talk about you know there's a lot of stuff that's hidden you know that people want to talk about a lot of lore surrounding these different you know like look at look at the alien franchise and all the lore and canon that's been built up around that you know that started as a survival horror film like the first one was survival horror like and then turned into like an action one or whatever but like there's a lot that like it gets kind of left unsaid that people are just like, oh, I, it, you know, I, I want to analyze this so hard, you know, like yeah. I want to be a film theorist and I need to use these horror films to, to, to analyze. And then like what you guys are saying too, like you get that thrill, but like it's from a safe, you right. know, you're safe. Yeah, yeah. And that's you part know? of the yeah. magic of film in general is that you can turn the lights off and just be transported into any world. Exactly. So. For film, obviously, the world is going to be more threatening than if you were to go into, you know, even just a drama or a comedy. Yeah, totally. um, right, right. But yet, it, it, you know, it's it's somewhere where you your your mental uh, your imagination can can wander without actually inflicting any sort of physical 
harm. Exactly. <laughs> and you can yeah. kind of live out, like, there is something primal about fear. You know, fear is like one of the original emotions, right, you yeah. know, or an original thought process yeah. in, in all of animals. Like, there's something primal about it. There's something that, that we crave about being scared. You know, there are people out there who don't, right? Who don't watch horror, don't immerse themselves in anything scary, right? They like comedy. They like to stay lighthearted. Yeah. But there's also right. something to be said about, like, you know, uh, kind of uh, encountering and overcoming that, too, yeah, yeah, you know? Because like, yeah. we've all yeah. been, not all of us, most children were scared of the dark. They were scared of what's under the bed. They were scared of the closet. They were scared of being alone. You know, like, we all tend to experience these similar feelings at some point, so to, to know that we can encounter it, like, we can watch a character right. see that there is something under the bed. It's super scary, but they made it a lot. They right. made it out, and they beat it, right. or whatever. Yeah. Like, we can beat it, too, you know? Like, and, and all the different types of horror that, you know, like, that you can experience you yeah. know through movies you know do you oh, want the serial so killer yeah. do you want the stalker do you want the monster do you want the ghost right. do you want the body demon horror. like psychological body horror exactly like there's so many aspects of it and all of it is so universal like you know like I, you know, an example that's a little more niche would be like, you know, a martial arts movie is not as universal, whereas a horror movie is going to be more universal just in general. The metaphor might be different, you know, maybe the Babadook is not going to be as, success, as successful in, in countries outside of America because, you know, they don't, they don't, um, really align with the, the aspect of the depression metaphor and like, you know, so, but there is something that can be said about the film itself on a level of just being a horror film. Yeah, that yeah. type of monster, the monster coming from the dark, your own house being invaded, you know, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. The kid, you know, sometimes parents, you know, all the, the fear the parents have for their kids, you know, a lot of people are parents. So that's right. kind of a, a fairly universal thing. Like, there's something about it that's just so... You know, like the 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 humor that might be in some like Italian or French films, the nuance of that, or in Japanese films, you know, because of their culture and because of their language, is just going to be lost on a lot of other yeah. things, right? But if yeah. we see a freaking scary girl climbing out of a well with yeah. her hair over her face, that's like everyone's <laughs> like, holy crap, what the hell, you know? Yeah. Um, that's unsettling to everyone. So, like, yeah. and, and the other thing too is that. You have a guaranteed time every single year, at least in America, but at least in a lot of other countries, too. But at least in America, every single year that their horror is going to spike, right? Yeah. Anytime October rolls around, <laughs> horror spikes. Yeah. People want to watch horror. People want to buy horror-related like, horror stuff. They want to rewatch all the classics. So you have a guaranteed cultural time yeah. where you will be successful in some form of horror. Yeah. And even even the uh, the whole concept of jump scares, mm-hmm. you know, is, is kind of tapping into that fight or flight response that we have. Totally. And the fact that we jump in the theater is kind of ta- it is that kind of fight or flight thing. But then at at some point we know that it's fake. Mm-hmm. But like for that one moment, we're kind of tapping into this primal instinct <laughs> and like it makes us feel like like we're truly um in in the moment yeah you know at, at that time like where like because there are so many 
times when you're watching a movie, you could be thinking about something else. You don't really get sucked in. But in those jump scares, at least for that second, you're like, whew, you get this rush of like, I am, I am here. Mm-hmm. You know, I am, I'm responding to something in real time. And you get that nice, uh, nice jolt. Especially because like good horror, you know, unlike any other genre is like, it forces you at a it forces the audience at a certain point to like funnel and focus right before that scare happens right like there's yeah. something about it that's like okay you're paying so much attention to this thing and then all of a sudden boom yeah. you know what i mean like there yeah. is this thing where and then you know like even comedy doesn't really do that because comedy is just like it kind of plays and then the comedy is in like the unexpected happening or like the you know the the surprise of oh i thought this was going to happen but that happened yeah, that happened. But, yeah. And I, I would argue horror is that way too. I think they're both kind of fundamentally about surprise. No, totally. And, no, no. It, the, yeah. it, I'm, I'm, I think they are. I'm just saying what horror does is that there's a good horror is like it fo- forces a focus, unlike any other genre. You know what I mean? Like really, like even in a mystery film where you're really supposed to be paying attention to, to put all the pieces together, you're not focusing like that, that one moment in horror where like, you know, you, the thing is going to pop out and you don't know when right. or whatever. Like there's right. that anticipation there that really no other genre has that kind of builds. Yeah. yeah it's kind of like, so, sort of like how kind of thrillers have this kind of rising tension, but horror, um, will kind of, at least some types of horror will kind of have that throughout the film yeah you know on on a like scene by scene like each scene may or may not have something right you know that'll freak the shit out of you and not knowing which scenes those are is a huge part of the game or knowing when a scene is coming i mean if you look at paranormal like you know that during the day everything is safe so you're like oh, okay thank god it's during the day in this scene like i'm good to go and then suddenly it's like nighttime and you're just like <laughs> like i don't want to watch this you know because yeah. it's like when is it gonna happen uh and that's why that movie's so effective because those shots where it's just the bed and the doorway a lot of it is just sitting there doing nothing yeah there's these moments where just nothing is happening and you're like you know it's gonna happen and it lets it forces you to do to live in that anticipation you know and then it'll do something subtle and then it'll do something a little more still subtle but a little more there like that shadow on the door you know that was super subtle uh but it was you you know it's kind of like subconscious until they pointed it out you know a little bit later or whatever that, right. That's also why I like horror is that it's it, it, you, there's there's many levels to how far you can go because you can have a whole horror film and have just kind of a little bit of horror in it, right? Mm-hmm. That but yet it's mm-hmm. still a horror film, or you could have a complete fucking splatter, fl- f- you know, fast. Yeah. it would be a horror. Like you could. Yeah. There's so many levels to it. You can have a you can have a G-rated horror film, or you could have an oh, R-rated yeah. NC-17 or whatever you know rated horror film, um, which is which is fascinating you can't really do that so much um with any other genre really you know besides i mean you could probably well you could you could but it's you could but it, this horror is versatile in such a unique yeah, way yeah it's it's this different yeah i don't know it, and horror yeah, yeah. was like immediate like there are silent yeah, horror yeah. films that's true yeah like it was you know the adventure film or whatever the drama the comedy yeah. that all happened but horror was right there too yeah and i mean in that ties in with you know because you know horror novels 
were, mm-hmm. have always been fairly big um, horror, you know, plays. Yeah. You know, it, all that, you know, Phantom of the Opera, you know, all that stuff, right? It's always yeah. been in, you know, fairy, you know, fairy tales were, were our, you know, our horror to it, yeah. you know? And there's always yeah. been that, that human um, thing where if, 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 if they're, if they're stories or films that teach a lesson or whatever, you know, like, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, cautionary tales almost too. Yeah. You know, since humans have been able to communicate some sort of story to each other, the sun has gone up and the sun has gone gone down and there's been periods of darkness, you know, where generally horror lives. Right. So what is the first thing, you know, people feel on edge. So they're going to, you know, it just naturally is going to happen where they're talking and going to talk about what can live out there. You know, yeah. what can be around all the, the the folklore, the story, you know, the the legends that everyone was passing down. Like, yeah. it just happens immediately. Horror is so, like, innate to, to yeah, people. Yeah, it's so instinctual. I mean, like, you know, it's like when we're, like, cavemen or whatever. Like, when the sun goes down, you cannot see. There could be wolves out there. There could be animals out there. And then I think yeah. once as a as a as a human race or whatever like how we as a species like once we started becoming aware of the fact that we have more control over some of these things when it came to the wild then we start you know tapping into the more mythical or you know legends and mm-hmm. stuff like that that we started either making up or started believing through all sorts of different reasons and then it just through thousands and thousands of years it's all become just inherent in all of us right you know to and some degree like always gonna right. be this sort of other right so like like let's take your control thing for example you so we finally found some some semblance of control in various aspects but there's always gonna be that thought of well what if we lost control right you know what yeah. i mean there's yeah. always gonna be that yeah i'm in my nice comfy house in suburbia but there's always that like what if someone came? What yeah, if someone broke yeah, yeah. in? What if someone attacked? You know, what I mean? definitely, there's yeah, always definitely. something that's opposite to the comfort that you feel th- that is horror. I think that's what horror is—a loss of control. If you know, like, if in a lot you of ways, lose yeah. a kid, if you lose a kid, you've lost control. You know, of 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 your family. You know, you're you're it, like, or what? You know what I mean? Like, it's, I think it's, you're right. It's yeah. something that that you had. I mean, you have no control over keeping your kid alive, or or keeping yourself alive yeah like. you know so like right horror is one of those things you you just have no control over it. and like you said it's that other and and there's and that's what also makes like you know like del toro's like you know pan's labyrinth like a horror fantasy right where it's like mm-hmm. you have fantasy but there's this other this other part that we can bring to the fantasy elements that make it connect or meld together totally right i think i think yeah i think uh like control is a really like name any horror movie and it's basically like you know what is alien she you know lost control of everything and and lost control of like the the station and everything and now the only thing that she has is survival but she can't you know she's losing control of her own survival like what's halloween you know you're you're being chased by some you know, kind of unstoppable force and you have no control over like yeah. when it'll be or where it'll be. And, you know, how do you fight it? You can't, it's hard to even control that. Like I think ho- horror as a form of control and loss of control is like totally spot on. Yeah. No, I, th- I, th- uh, I mean, cause like there isn't anything like that with like comedy, right? Cause like comedy, it's funny 
you know, there's so many different things that make people laugh, but there isn't, I don't think, at least off the top of my head right now, something that is so inherently um, connected to one comedy film to the next as a loss of control. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, if, if you look at, like, uh, like Disney's Little Mermaid, you know, it, like, that was adapted from a horror style story by Hans Christian Andersen. Right. Uh, and if you look at, like, what makes those stories different, the, the key thing is, is just what happens to the Little Mermaid throughout the story. Like, uh, like how she goes about her journey. So, like, in Disney, it's all, like, she's against her father you know she's like fighting against her dad and like her her it still hits the same story beats but like in the hans christian anderson version she like every time she's walking she it it feels like she's walking on knives Uh, you know uh, so like as she's like going like when she gets her legs finally uh in hans christian anderson version it's like she has this enormous pain as she's like going uh, as she's on land like that's like her um that's like part of the contract Mm -hmm. that she signed and at the very end it's like it ends really bleak and is like if if you aren't able to fall in love with this guy you're going to turn into seafoam and like the the very end is she just turns into seafoam because he falls in love with another person so she puts (laughs) in all this work and is in this horrible pain the entire story but and it ends in a bleak way but I love the disney that. version is still the mm-hmm. same just minus the knives and the bleak ending cuz obviously you know it ends with a kind of happy thing but it's kind of interesting how in this particular instance and maybe other instances the story itself is still the same but it has these other elements that are kind of woven in to make it more horrific and to get the audience to respond in like a a in, in you know back to those kind of primal instincts yeah you know, primal mm-hmm. ways yeah yeah i think you're totally totally right um do you guys want to talk about like you guys want to talk about the films and opinions sure um yeah and uh should we do our guessing game i think we I, should want to do it i think we yeah. should i think yeah. this is a good one to do it for um yeah, I, who wants to go first? How about Jacob? Yeah, oh. I'm kind of curious about Jacob here too. All right, hit me up. What you got? You want me to go? Uh, to go? I'm gonna I'm gonna say. Um, I'm gonna say paranormal because I think that it like it had more of a solid footing in terms of its plot and and it had it's not as suggestive as Blair Witch is um and I think like kind of the lo-fi sort of shtick that Blair Witch has um I'm gonna say that you liked the more modern take with paranormal activity um and then yeah, I think it's just like in terms of its more solid plot, I think um like I, I don't know. I just think Blair Witch didn't have enough going on for what you liked, for what you generally like. Interesting, interesting. 
I'm going to also go with paranormal activity because, well, you're recently married, even though you've been, <laughs> even though, even though, even though you've been with her for a while. But I think maybe the dynamic of having a girlfriend and boyfriend and maybe if you were thinking of like, you know, if Tiffany, if that was happening with her, maybe even horrific. So I'm going to go with paranormal. That's a good one. Wow. I can't believe you guys both got it wrong. That's insane. Oh, wow. Yeah, to- totally uh, totally Blair Witch. Okay. Um, it, it is, they're pretty similar, so it's kind of hard to kind of pick one. You know what I mean? Because they're kind of the same yeah. movie. They're the same type of movie. Uh, one hits a little more elements, but really, really what I liked about Blair Witch more is the fact that we are out in the woods. You're it's just kind of like the location of it. You're even like some of the performances I, I preferred more. Um, I also like how Blair Witch ends, you know, and I like the kind of legacy of Blair Witch, but paranormal, although I still like it and enjoy it. It's, it's, um, it feels like it's kind of festered in Hollywood, like money, you know? So kind of like, kind of cheapens it for me a little bit because it feels like this like huge franchise now and it's like birthed all these like you know subpar films that i don't really give two shits about um i guess blair witch kind of did the same thing though like there's blair witch 2 and then there's the remake yeah but i think a big part of it is is the the culture behind blair witch is far more interesting to me than the culture behind paranormal (laughs) yeah Uh, fair enough uh, Blair Witch seems like it's kind of tapping into something that's a little more human than than paranormal. Like paranormal, f- almost kind of feels like just cheap Hollywood tricks. Um, and you know, I I haven't seen any of the Blair Witch sequels, but I have seen the paranormal sequels, and they're just literally the same movie, just with different characters. Yeah, you know, yeah. and. I mean, the first one's fine. It's just, um, you know, like the, the the police ending is my favorite ending uh, because it leaves it open. And so really, I guess, I guess it really depends on the ending, but I'd go Blair Witch. Okay. 100%. Nice. Uh, any day over this one. All right. Interesting. You go, Byron. Let's pick for Byron. I think this one's going to be... I think this is easy, actually. I didn't go with Blair Witch. Yeah, me too. Because I think it's, it's the tone, the ambiguousness, <laughs> the lo-fi yeah. kind of dirty yep. aspect of it. Um, yeah, I think, I yeah, think Blair Witch. Yeah, you guys are yeah. both right. I yeah. I absolutely hated Paranormal Activity. I'm not going to lie. Really? <laughs> I absolutely hated it. Really? I, honestly... I'm surprised by that. I'm not going to lie. I had to keep a poker face throughout this whole podcast. Nice. Really? I thought... We found I, the movie that Byron I, hates. I, I, awesome. I actually we like... finally did it. I actually like Forrest Gump better. I would... Paranormal This is your boondocks. I would... Wow. It, is, it is. It's my, definitely my boondocks. I would... Wow. I would much rather watch Forrest Gump any day. What? I think... I think... That blows my mind. I think because that seriously does. I think because, and this is the first viewing, the first it. viewing, first yeah, for both okay. for both of these films, okay. yeah. It just seemed, <laughs> it just seemed so 
cheap and like I, yeah. I was looking at it and I'm like I know exactly what's going to happen the stupid Ouija board scene I was just like about to turn it off because like, <laughs> like I was like yeah. why why are we scared that this little thing on the Ouija board is is moving around and then catches on fire there's nothing that is invoking any sort of fear like what's it gonna do like oh wow it's caught on fire oh wow it's moving <laughs> they're like the, the Ouija board itself the Ouija board itself isn't going to do anything dangerous right. to and the it, people it, yeah and it and it's nothing new. Like we've seen the well, yeah, but thing it's, like a million. But there's bags. no stakes. There's no stakes in the yeah. entire film. I'm like, what's it going to do? It's moving things. It's like moving the door. The shadow appears. It moves her at one point. It moves him at one point. But like, like there's no fear at all for me <laughs> at it. That's, like I just and then like the whole part. It's pretty like, interesting. Like the part, like the parts that I found most interesting would be like the scenes of the camera not moving at all and they're just like sleeping. I was like, okay, cool, this is cool. And then, <laughs> and then it, but then it was like, it just seemed cheap to me because like there's so like I mean you can't even compare it to them, but like like a Michael Haneke film, right, where the camera is still for extended period of time and violence happens or something occurs and it becomes interesting because the camera's not moving. And then when he does cut or when the camera does move, it becomes interesting. This is just some dude, some, I don't know, 30-year-old dude or 20-something-year-old guy making this film that's like, well, if they're sleeping, they would just put the camera on a tripod or on the cupboard, and then they would just put it there, and they would just be still. Like, that's what it, yeah. like, it didn't feel like there was any thought going on. <laughs> like, like, that, that, but that's just me, like... But I was yeah. I was really hating on the movie. Like that's, I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Because it, it feels it feels like a less well done Blair Witch. Exactly. Like it feel it feels like just like hey, how can I do a, like what I said earlier was I was actually kind of ripping on the movie when I said it feels like someone just wanted to do Blair Witch exactly. just in the comfort of their home, but, and you know, not actually put any work into it. But ironically, I came into both of these movies thinking that I would like Paranormal Activity more than Blair Witch. Maybe so that's I, what it is. Maybe I, your expectations were yeah. I mean, but my expectations were low thought, just because I, I wouldn't say they're because high. Because they but, were so big, yeah. I just like ah, uh, that type of horror has never like wreck or whatever that's called. Like that is never. I've never wreck is dope. It's like never wreck. been like a a thing that I'm like oh I'm, I have to go see that right. Like I saw yeah. Cloverfield and stuff, and people love that movie, and I was like eh, it's okay. Like I wasn't. It's just that type of movie that that type of horror that I'm not like super into, right. but. So I came in, like, super open, because, like, I was like, I know that both these movies, like, changed the game when it came to this sort of thing. So, like, I came in with a positive attitude on both. I just felt that I would probably like Paranormal more, right. just because it did kind of strike a chord with, like, our mm -hmm. generation, mm -hmm. you know, Blair Witch was a little bit older. But I, Blair, I knew you would like Blair Witch. Blair Witch is definitely better, I, not only on an aesthetic level, but I just loved like kind of the mythology behind it like and what the directors did um and just like just the filmmaking in general just seemed way more thought out and it was just more entertaining like i actually enjoyed even though some of it's really cliche now just the the the, the dialogue between the three people i mean like i was getting kind of fed up with like them but yeah but yeah. i enjoyed yeah. it more than just staying in this house and having the girl and the guy like it just seemed like even the acting for me wasn't even very good for paranormal like 
especially the chick like she just bothered me like i just was like i could i yeah. yeah i don't know but yeah i maybe i'm hating on it too much but like oh, yeah. i love it i love that you hated it it's fantastic <laughs> i like it too i like that <laughs> seeing this other side of byron yeah, that I, actually, I don't think anyone has ever seen before. i rated it super low on imdb it might be the lowest rating i think i've what did you give it on? I gave it like oh a, I God. gave it a three. That's pretty high for I mean, how much you hated it. But see, it. I I the lowest I ever go is like a six for IMDb. Wow, you are a very forgiving wow. individual for movies. I do wow. because I because I because I normally will watch, rewatch like a six even if I don't like the movie. Like I'm like oh well it's it's all right it's not bad. Yeah, there's still something to there's it. Not, yeah. I, I will I will probably never rewatch this movie. <laughs> see, I've that's, given that's half so stars. <laughs> I think the, I've given half. Half stars. See, I don't know if I could do that. Why? I mean, I guess I'd have I'd to really it. hate the movie. <laughs> I gave Boondocks a half star. <laughs> oh, shit. But see, yeah, my rate... Good. I'm it talking about half out, of five, half out of five, so that'd be one out of I ten, I guess. I might have to like, restart my whole rating system because it's a little different. Because I always find something that I like in almost every movie, but not this one. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, one, th- one thing you pointed out is, is that Paranormal changed the game. I don't really think Paranormal changed any game. I think it was capitalizing on the lack of found footage films that had been out. You know, it was like, hey, let's 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 do this Blair Witch thing. There's some money here. Let's yeah. let's grab this one. It seems it's good enough. Let's let's go with it. And I mean, you know what I mean? I guess I meant by by what I meant. I guess was more like it changed how filmmakers, like maybe ourselves or people like us, think that how we could approach um yeah. movie making um uh, oh, this sure. this, da- sure. this day and age through the viral like how, marketing and and all of that yeah it changed oh, okay. it, it, it kind of changed at least for me how how someone could just make a movie and then put it on uh you know social media like, yeah. you know marketing stuff and yeah. then have it actually end up you know on the lap yeah, of that, steven spielberg you know mm-hmm. that, yeah that makes sense but yeah. but well, I mean but that, as, that's kind of what happened to Blair Witch, just minus the social media. Well, yeah, like, that's, that's what, still, but, like, yeah, but that's what I mean went though. Through that process, yeah. But that's what I mean though. It changed the game for us because, like, Blair Witch. I mean, the way it got funded and the way it got out was the same way Robert Rodriguez's uh, El Mariachi got Mariachi, made, right? Yeah. Which was yeah. you know uh, seven years earlier. So right, it for this it kind of was the new. It was the. It's that digital age. It's the digital. Yeah. Uh, I mean, age. even on a digital home camera, right? It was shot right. On, you know, exactly. Like, so it's like yeah. you know, whereas yeah. Blair Witch, you know, yeah, it was shot on film and VHS. It was like light was hitting whatever the tape mm-hmm. or the film. Whereas this was all digital, and then they marketed it as digital yeah. instead of even they didn't put you didn't hear them putting up like paper, uh, you know, missing signs or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. You know, so I mean, I guess in within the diegesis or whatever the story that wouldn't make sense but <laughs> right. but yeah <laughs> nice I love it I love that you hated it it's fantastic <laughs> alright but I'm glad I watched it that's good yeah, yeah. now that you know that you <laughs> yeah, never now, watch it yeah, again <laughs> no, for sure now I know what everybody's talking about yeah yeah good yeah it's good to it's good to stay uh relevant yeah no definitely because you know, people definitely. people talk about it their sequel and i so, might hit but, up that marked ones one because i remember seeing the trailer for that and i i thought that sounded cool with the, the mexican like kind of mm-hmm. feel to it i yeah. was like that looks cool I, i'll probably check that one out eventually yeah yeah i've only seen the second one and i was like this is just the same just with a larger house and with more cameras uh, <laughs> you know it's like i don't need this right, you know? right. And yeah then the third one had a baby and it was like 
is that really all they added? It was a baby? <laughs> it's it's like, it's kind of dumb. This. Like every movie, the premise is something's happening. Let's put up cameras. Like uh, you really couldn't have thought of something else. Right, right, you know, yeah. like I, uh, I watched this really interesting found footage film called Found Footage 3D. That 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 is the title of the movie, and it's about wow. these filmmakers who are making a found footage film. And the the director is like a pompous ass, and he's like talking to the producer, and he's like, producer's like, how do we make our fan footage film like stand out? And he's like, oh, you know how we do it in three D, and it's like this super, and they they break out the three D cameras, and then they start filming the horror, and like all the all the and like it's told like through the through like the not the B roll, but through like the behind the scenes footage, right? And even that's all shot in three D, so it's like really freaking weird. It doesn't even make sense. Three D found footage. I know, and that's why. What do we call it? I don't. Found footage 3D, right. man. Like, <laughs> but this this is the genius of this movie is is that they're it's they're so aware of the genre and like the characters are so aware of the genre and they make fun of how like the characters are stupid and like when they're told not to go up to a cabin like they the characters still go and they're like oh yeah that's so dumb our film's not going to be like that but then in the movie they're traveling to a cabin in order to go shoot this film and they talk to some people along the way. And, and you know, it's, they're, people are straight out of deliverance, and they even say that <laughs> in the movie. And, and those guys are like, don't go up to that cabin. You know what I mean? And they literally tell them to not go because it's haunted. And they're still like, yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, we'll still go. And then they, they, they get hit by, you know, this ghost figure. And, God, one of the, the biggest genius thing that they came up with was, like, it doesn't make sense in found footage how, like, they keep filming. You know what I mean? Like, why don't they just stop filming and run away? Well, in in this film, they <laughs> they invented that the, like the the rules of the world were the ghosts could only be seen through a, a digital camera. Oh, so like in order to like sell the whole thing, like in order to like see the cre- the ghost creature monster thing you you had to look through and like see it on the display uh, you know uh so it was like this really cool like it wove in like some self-aware stuff and then became a found footage film uh and i would even though i totally just spoiled the entire movie but i would highly recommend it because because it is like it totally it plays with the genre but also like like you know sucks <laughs> you in in the same way a found footage film would and it's really funny because it is so self-aware Okay. Yeah. Okay. Salvage yeah. it a little bit there because that sounded terrible. <laughs> Found well, footage three D sounds the, terrible. That's the genius of it is is that the it's, it's about the beat the filming of a found footage three D film that becomes a found footage film <laughs> because everyone dies at the end. So it's like they recover the BTS footage. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like it? this extra level. That's pretty yeah. funny. I dig the meta. Yeah, it's super meta. It's su- it's meta as shit. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so Keith, I you want me to go first? Sure. I'm going to go It's tough, but I want to go Blair, which Oh, man, I was going to go Blair, but I think there needs to be a winner. So, I'm going <laughs> to go parent. I'm going to go paranormal. Byron and I both lost though <laughs> when we chose for you. Um, oh, yeah, but we both won for Byron. That's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, I, so it's even down. Honestly, I'm I am so confident that it's not paranormal that I'm going to go Blair. <laughs> You're going to go Blair? I'm, 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 I'm switching back to Blair. You, so we're, you so want we're Blair. both going Blair. Yeah. So 
Oh no! <laughs> I want to start off by saying I actually really like both of these movies, yeah. like a lot. Oh um, no! And I should have gone I, with the other. I one. actually like. <laughs> he's dying. He's dying. Look at him. <laughs> I, I really enjoy both these movies. They both, um, like especially paranormal, like as a kid and the things I'm afraid of and the things I didn't like it kind of struck a chord yeah. in that type of horror um, in real I will I will I refuse to film myself at night I don't want to do that ever oh, that's so, interesting. Um, <laughs> so that kind of horror gets to me um, I do I would pick Blair Witch over Paranormal yes. <laughs> um, but I do I did enjoy them both a lot um, the reason I picked Blair yeah. Witch though is because it's just so well done. Like, yeah, I am going to yeah. go out and yeah. say that it is one of the best movies ever made. Like it, it is so good at what it set out to do. And it's so effective on, on a, like a, just a visceral, you know, very primal level, you know, being lost in the woods, having things taunt you, you know, the legends, the stories. It's also like, inherent in like you know human horror obviously right. the ambiguousness of it um the look of it is just fantastic like the the mixture of the 16 miller yeah. 16 millimeter black and white i love the coloring um, of the leaves and stuff yeah everything yeah, is like cool. just so it, it's the the way the characters just you know when she sees the teeth and like just breaks down and he's like what what happened and she's just trying to internalize it all because yeah. she's like i can't i can't let it affect him you know and she's right. breaking down and he's going crazy just like you know seeing shit and imagining food and like you know the guy like d- disappearing you know and then you you know you hear about that story in the beginning like you, they find him in the corner and like all of it works so well um but i also think like paranormal activity works really well too and like Although there was a whole lot more dumb, sh- like dumb choices or dumb shit that happens in that movie. Like, okay, fine. The, the demon follows you, but go sleep in your car outside. What is it going to do to you in your car outside? Is it going to break your window? Like, at least you're not being like taunted in your bed. Or it could turn your car on and then drive and drive away. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or like, you know, in reality, I think if that was happening, you would always have your lights on. Like every light would be on. All your doors would be closed. Like, you know, you would you would at least try to leave, right? Like, obviously, the the end is like, oh, the demon's keeping her there, right? And if but, this has always happened to her, then why isn't she just like almost like super thin and just like insomnia? Ins- crazy, like, yeah. From insomnia, and stuff like, like this right, happened. Right. She says it happens to her from a kid, like from from a young age. Yeah, yeah. And she was experiencing it. So, like, Cause you, you, you haven't I think that she'd be more fucked up, like mentally. Or, like, more, like, aware of how to fight back at it. Right. Or, like, talk to more people about it. Yeah. You know, and like... her boyfriend would right. have more of a clue, too. Yeah, like, know? the fact that she was, like, some... Just for some reason, like, hid it from him, but, like... Because yeah. it is a living relationship. Like, yeah. They're both living together, so you... They, they, obviously, they, they should know each other fairly well. And he wasn't noticing it, like, before. Like, right. okay, the film has, like, a bunch of plot holes in it, yeah. but... And, t- and on a base horror level, right. I think it worked. And I think... Well, especially know, like, if, if it taps into to what, like, it fears you, then, like, yeah, yeah definitely. Totally. It would definitely, I mean, that's like anything, you know, like, it, 
like you know troll hunters right if people like if someone was really afraid of that sort of thing like it would be way more effective for them yeah. than it would be for the, the average um like you know we're not necessarily average but the people that aren't scared of that sort of thing mm-hmm. you know because some people are right. super afraid of like you know uh home invasion movies yeah you know it just gets to them every time and then some people are like uh you know this is what i do yeah and then they don't think anything of it exactly so it's right and that's what's another cool thing about horror is that it's so it just so depends on your own you can you can bring or not bring whatever you want to a horror film which is really cool yeah, yeah. I mean, you could, I, like, it, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you could bring more to a horror film than you can to just like a regular comedy. I think totally. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because you're you're bringing stuff that's more personal to you. You're exactly. bringing your own personal demons, your 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 own personal whatever to a horror film. Whereas a comedy, you're bringing your your sense of humor, but it's not. That's not as personal to you as being afraid of something. Right. It's not. Um, it's not as deep. Yeah. Exactly. I, yeah. I, I would argue with that only because there are so many different types of humor that are out there that run like if we're talking just classic studio comedies like that's one style of humor but there's also like black comedies and there's there's like cinema verite style comedies oh totally yeah tap into like these different things that some like some people ju- that I've talked to just like don't understand what the office is doing right like the the tv show like they just don't they don't find it funny or like seinfeld like they don't understand like why it's funny like they and they just ignore it you know i think i think that's because they don't get that style of humor right and the reason they don't get it is because it's like it's not personal to them they don't connect with it in the same way that I, i guess what i'm saying is i think that styles of comedy are like that in the same exact way that horror is like that. That's I don't, a good point. That's a good point. It still relates back to like our primal need to be to or like a primal thing to be afraid or to laugh at something. Like it's this same emotion just like or it's a different emotion but it comes from the same place. I don't so. that's a that's a that's a good point, yeah. Like I don't disagree with what you're saying cuz but the, cuz there are what you're saying is true. I think what Byron's point was that think about what you truly fear and think about what you truly think is funny. I think the it's the fear is almost more personal than the funny. Like what you think is actually scary yeah. gets to you more than what you actually think is what you think. I wonder is funny. why that is. I wonder is that a cultural thing? No, I think that's just like a dude like a I think that's animalistic. Primal. I think that's like Yeah. So like yeah, that primal thing. Yeah. It's like I don't it's know. like an animal being afraid of the predator. Because, okay, so you know what I mean. Like, I guess the difference is comedy. Now, is that it, 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 is is humor primal or is that a cultural thing? Are we are things funny because of the way we are raised and the culture we live in, or is it funny because like because that's an actual like primal thing? I just I mean, think, I'm, well, I'm sure I, like cavemen, it, it, right? If they were like. If they saw like a mammoth fall and trip, they actually might laugh at it, right? Yeah. Like it might is probably something that humor is inherently in all of us, but it, it, it's not. I don't know. That's an interesting topic. Oh my god! I, I now think, we're going deep, guys. I, I just <laughs> think like the feeling of fear is more personal than 
the comedy. And, and people don't necessarily like to talk about their fear. Exactly. Um, because, it, again, it, it, yeah. I, I, that fuck, yeah, man. Because it's, it's, it, it's kind of, it's taboo. Right. It's, it, it, like, sometimes it's it's kind of fucked up, you know? And, like, you need to be around the certain certain kinds of people in order to talk about fear. I think that's you know true, I mean? yeah. But I think that is also true for some kinds of comedy. Because, you know, you, you have comedies like... Um, like Blazing Saddles, right? Right, right. It, Like, very funny movie, but some people are a little iffy about some of the black jokes. Right, You know, right. in that. Which, of course, like, everyone watches that movie and they're like, yeah, that's pretty dated and not cool. And some people are just literally offended by that. But some people can see, watch that movie and still enjoy the other aspects of comedy. And maybe some even like the black jokes in there. Uh, but uh, that's... I don't know. I, 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 think it go, I think it goes both ways. I think... Some people are like really understand Monty Python and love it, and other people just don't. In the same way that you know, people are afraid of whatever. But it's yeah. like it's like it still is personal, though. Like I think it's still personal. I think there, like, okay, if you it, not everyone likes every genre of comedy, but I would I would argue that. Pretty much everyone is willing to watch comedy, whereas when it comes to horror, there are like hard lines, right? Like, no, that's fair. Like, horror is something that just there's something about some horror that just people are just like, I do not want to experience that. Whereas, well, like in general, not- you know, you can get people to watch, and like, you know, even if it's not their their type of comedy. People would be more willing, I think, in general, to give it a shot. To give it a shot. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I, I would say, if we're talking about studio films, horror. I think both studio horror and studio comedy films, people are just willing to give a shot. Period. You know. But I don't. I, if you look at like stand-up comedy, spe- you know, like the Bo Burnham thing. Like I know plenty of people that f- think that that shit is annoying as hell. You know, like, Bo Burnham's, like, stand-up what? I, I think it's funny as shit, but I think most things are funny as shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but I, I know plenty of people who are, like, I don't... That is not my style of, of comedy. But those people would probably be will, more willing to watch Bo Burnham than, say, Ser- a Serbian film. Well, yeah, because they're comedy people. But if you have horror people... I don't know if horror people are willing to watch, like... A Bo Burnham special because they're just not into that. No, you know I, what I mean. They they're into. No, the I'm horror. saying if the like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to say comedy people versus horror people. I'm just saying, given a choice, if you just give an average like, okay, the average like person who goes sees movies, but they're not like a film like person per se. Yeah. Like they like they 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 enjoy movies, but they're not like. Uh, this is like the average film goer, I guess, right? I'm yeah. sure most of them, if given the choice of like a comedy or a horror film, most people I think would probably go for the comedy in the sense that there might be a reason why they might not like that particular horror film. Yeah. Like watching, I watching think, like, I like that's, it's like the safer I think bet. I, no, the, I, I agree with that. And, and I agree with that because if you just look at the statistics, comedies make more than, than horror, just period. You know? That's why there's so many movie stars that are in comedies is because they can afford to get them in there. But horror films, it often they often don't have 
huge movie stars unless you know it's like a sam raimi film or like a um a big director you know that'll kind of bring in an extra oomph of people yeah Uh, that's another thing about horror too is like there are some horror films that make so much money and then there are a whole bunch of horror films that make nothing whereas comedy there's more of a a a a line yeah a constant you know um yeah yeah, like the, if Jennifer the Aniston's ROI. in a comedy, it's going to get an X amount of money. Yeah, it might not be like a super successful hit like it, but it's not going to completely tank like you know, um, uh, you know, uh, the overall uh, some <laughs> horror film. Like, no, I think that's I think that's fair, but I I think to to I think maybe where where my argument comes in is that the where there is a personal relationship to comedy versus or or the the statement of fact where horror brings a personal relationship to horror like to horror films like people bring that versus people bring that to comedy i think that people bring their personal thoughts to both no i agree you know, i agree yeah, totally no, i just think sure. horror is like there's something about it that's more personal it's more primal and yeah well more maybe, personal like i think you're bringing your personal feelings to anything you watch, right? You're choosing, you you like something or you choose to watch something, right? Because of something that's personal to you that you identify yeah. with in the movie. I just think there's something more innate and more more personal that gets to you on a different level than the, than like comedy or whatever. If that makes uh, sense, I, yeah. I, I think maybe I think it's I like, think I, but I think yeah. it's like one of those things, right? Like if you have someone that goes to a horror film and 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 they're they could leave that film and be shaken for days. Yeah. Whereas, or longer. Then there are people that could go to an awesome comedy. It would be their favorite comedy film of all time. And it's not. It's it's not like they're going to be walking around later the next four days still like in a good mood because they saw a movie four days ago. Right, but but you know what I mean. Still, like, well, no, they're they're not going to be like that, but they are going to quote it and bring it back up and laugh at those same jokes again. Right, like how is how is that any different than still being scared like moments after? Well, I think I think exactly the way you describe it. Like in the comedy, like they're still laughing at the joke. In the comedy sense, it's like they'll quote it, they'll emote it, they'll say the jokes to other people. Whereas in the horror example, you're walking away from the theater, essentially internalizing, like you'll tell people about it, but the, the, the reason why you're thinking about it days later is because of like the internal, how it affected you, affected you personally on a, like, like the comedy example, you're, you're taking the comedy and trying to get it to affect other people through your quotes or, or your, you know what I mean? Like your laughter, whereas like the horror is like almost innately internal like you're not telling someone i don't like you you can tell someone about the horror but you can't experience the horror unless you watch the horror whereas like the comedy can be experienced between the comedy or between you successfully telling the joke right 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 and and reiterating it but that's but that's the problem with people telling comment like like quoting comedy movies is that oftentimes you're not recalling the actual quote but and really the only people that actually get it are the ones who had seen it already you know what i mean so like i couldn't quote you know 
uh, Ben Stiller and Dodgeball right now and make it sound as funny because of it's it's how his performance kind of comes off as com- as comedic. So if I were to go into an office and quote it, people would not necessarily think that it's funny because I'm am just saying this thing that they have no like they can't connect with it. You know what I yeah. mean? But but I, th- I think that's the same for horror. Like you can't describe like the way a knife is like on the shadow of someone's face like in a horror film and give people that same reaction right but i think you'd be more successful you'd be more successful with the comedy though right yeah i I I think think, so i think the only thing that would be more successful in that in that style would be if it is a type of comedy where there's the written like one-liner type jokes Right, but I, I think you could hit that same style with horror, uh, describing like the an event that happens in in the horror film that is freaky. So I think it really just depends on the type of horror and the type of comedy, as far as how effective that would be in like an office. I mean, I guess for me, it's like I don't watch a comedy film and be like wow, I thought that was really funny because of this thing that happened to me or, like, how I was or something. You know, like, I'm not saying... I'm not analyzing it in the sense that, oh, it's funny because, you know, something that happened. Whereas, like, I thought Paranormal Activity was effective because of... I have these distinct memories of a kid. Like, for example, you know, having to turn the light off downstairs really quick and then run upstairs because... I don't want to be downstairs alone in the dark or like, you know, a little more specific example is like where my dad used to live in, in California. They had, they, uh, my family owns the two houses next to each other. So they pulled the fence in between the two houses. So you could go between the two houses from like the backyards. Well, like I, when I was young, I, uh, and it was nighttime. I used to have to have my dad stand in the doorway of the other house Otherwise, I right. wouldn't go across in the dark. Yeah, like, yeah. I had to see him there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I distinctly remember that. And I was afraid of the darkness of the backyard. Yeah. So, like, right. to me, that's what a paranormal activity kind of gets at, where it's like, there's a lot of darkness in the house. There's open doors. That, you know, like, there's something about it that reminds me of something where right. I don't watch comedy and, like, dude, that, you know, like, maybe it, maybe sometimes those things happen to you and you think it's funny because it happened. But in general, you don't analyze it like that, right? Like, there's something about the horror that brings up the memories that's the personal to me like where byron hated paranormal activity because like you just don't yeah have just, those types right, of experiences exactly, to connect exactly. to but I mean, whereas like, we could watch i don't know pick a comedy movie and both laugh at it right and it, it, even though we have entirely different experiences yeah, like no for sure i mean like for me like there are films that would technically be more of a drama film that would get more of like a, a horror ish response out of me than like a horror film. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm I'm that same way. Because yeah. like for me, I haven't seen a horror film that's like freaked me out, you know? I like, see, I used to be terrified of horror yeah, films. Yeah, see, but so I, like... I, I just haven't and I think but the films that have like that, you know, the closest ones that have gotten to me would be like more dramas where it's like for me, like a true horror would be like losing like a brother mm-hmm. or losing, you know, yeah. something like that. And then like it's like, oh shit, you know, like uh, so that's that sort of thing gets to be, and that, that's more of a primal thing where I'm bringing myself to a situation that's presented to me on mm-hmm. film that I can relate to because of having a fear of like you know when I was a kid and and 
at a grocery store with my mom and it's just my mom and my brothers and my sister are younger and you know if something happened I would be defenseless to help them because mm-hmm. I'm just you know six years old or right. whatever you know right. that sort of fear to me if I was to see that on in a film it wouldn't that wouldn't be a horror film but it would be more of a horror film to me but it would be more probably like in a drama yeah. or something totally um, yeah I yeah but it's, I'm the same way but it's yeah. it's funny because like with comedy it's not quite so like like you said the hard lines are a little different where a co- it, it doesn't like to me i'm gonna laugh at probably even if it's a comedy movie that i'm not completely into i guarantee you that i'll probably laugh at some parts of it you know right whereas i don't, I don't know there's so many facets to this particular topic yeah. that we could probably go on and on about it and it's yeah. super yeah, it's yeah, actually totally. super interesting yeah um yeah I, it's pretty fascinating because yeah. I, I mean, and I, it, we we should probably have a same similar discussion when it comes to like, you know, science fiction and how far one can buy into a science fiction film yeah. versus someone that could buy into like a historical fiction film, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. both of them are obviously fake because we're not living in the historical. 1800s but we're definitely not living in the future whatever yeah, right. however that's an interesting pairing actually like however you could bring your personal feelings and emotions and ideas to both of those yeah i don't know it's interesting it's it, it's an interesting topic and i it all basically boils down to imagination because you're bringing your own imagination to comedy you're bringing your imagination to to horror yep Right. Uh, and you're bringing your imagination to science fiction and drama and historic, like everything. So right. I don't know. Yeah, you're bringing like your primal ne- things and like your socialization. Yeah, you know? yeah. Just like last time we talked about Godzilla and uh, King Kong and just like how maybe Americans wouldn't quite understand Godzilla the way that Japanese people do. Yeah, uh, for sure. Which is totally just like a socialized Thing. Yeah, just like and, how people in 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 like France might not completely get the cultural relevance of Get Out. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like there are elements that I'm sure that would probably freak them out because of like right. tropes and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. But maybe the cultural right, right. part of it is lost. You know, right. you, you know they could bring they could bring like you know their their other racial. Uh, issues and like oh the the, the African American is kind of like the you know the the refugee mm-hmm. you know or whatever right yeah so yeah. I mean there's that but yeah, yeah that's getting it, it it makes it makes me think that I'm I'm just throwing this out there and I it is not meant as an insult if it comes off that way but maybe the reason both you guys respond in this way for horror. And not comedy is that you guys aren't comedy people. Yeah, I am like, fucking offended <laughs> that you would say something like that. God damn it. No. See, that was funny. That was it's funny because, like, yeah, I mean. Because you guys both identify as, like, you're not really comedy people. No, you know I, mean, I mean, the funny thing is I like to think that I'm funny and that I joke all the time. I feel that, like, when I'm wow. Like, you like poop. Like, like I poop's feel, hilarious. Like I feel, it is. That's a fundamental joke it is. that everyone can understand. <laughs> jokes are the best. But um like I think like as like at work, I'm always cracking jokes and just being funny. I mean that's just like kind of who I am. Get gets you through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. However, yeah. when it comes to movie watching, if you were to present a horror film or a comedy film, I would almost pick the horror film every time unless it's a horror, uh, unless it's a comedy film yeah. that I want to see. Yeah. Um 
because there are films i mean like there's a couple that have come out that i want to see like i want to see why him and you know these other ones that because of the actors involved i i, I want to that you know i want to see why him that that like studio film with brian cranston and brian cranston and, and james franco, james franco yeah oh. yeah i mean those are interesting comedies yeah. i mean i haven't seen it so i can't really judge it but you know there's there's far better comedies out there oh i know one of my favorite that aren't why him <laughs> like one of my favorite kubrick films is uh dr strangelove and that's a comedy that to me that like, is yeah that is a dr strangelove and the big lebowski are my two favorite comedy films i think yeah you know God, i've been meaning to rewatch yeah. and actually big i love borat and bruno born at borat no seriously borat and bruno are like the most borat is borat is they are they are so like <laughs> borat is yeah. comedic genius like it is genius like i don't even i love those movies like those yeah, movies right. are fantastic Oh, and then but, he did the like, dictator, which was terrible. <laughs> I know the dictator. Yeah. I was so disappointed in, but and the the brothers. Uh, There's elements of that movie that are good though. Grim or Grimsby or something. Oh, the brothers. Grimsby. Grimsby. I was Grimsby. so disappointed yeah. in that one too. Fuck. I was just. You didn't like him being in the vagina of an elephant. I mean, that was kind of funny. Elephant. That part was. Funny. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But, just saying that is so ridiculous. <laughs> um, no, I mean, but like yeah. maybe maybe you guys want to connect with the movie. Like, don't think twice or like a Mike Birbiglia movie because like that style of comedy just isn't accessible like to you guys no i mean like i like Maybe. those type of we're movies just not mat- just we're, we're not mature enough like, is what I, you're saying i don't i don't mind those movies i just don't watch a lot of them but like when i watch yeah. them it's not like i hate them you know what i mean yeah, I th- I think maybe that's maybe that's why it's just it, we're having this argument. Is no, it is. It totally because, is. It totally yeah, is. Because, it boils yeah, down yeah. to our own opinions on on the types of films we watch. I think we watch more horror than you, yeah. and you watch more comedy than than us. You know, hundred oh, percent. So definitely, 100%. it's going to be a little skewed just because you know. Just be just right. because of that. Yeah, um, I just like ser- I just like serious movies. Like I don't, I really don't get into horror comedy all that much. Like I don't even like those being mixed. So. Well, and like for me too. I mean, most of the time when I watch a movie, I'm really by myself. In comedy movies, I like to watch with my brothers or thing, yeah. with other people, with friends or whoever. So right. when I'm, I'm, I'm never really in the mood to just go watch a comedy by myself because it just. That's so interesting because like, I'm the opposite with horror. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'd rather, I want to watch it with other people because it's like, you get that response, you know, from other people who kind of bring it, you know. That's I true. Get, yeah. I don't I, get scared by horror. Well, see, same here. I, I never get scared, yeah. but I always want to. That's why I always watch them alone because I'm like, well, fuck, if I'm alone by myself, it's every turn off, turn off all the lights, you know, shit. Let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I like yeah. watching it with people because then you see, like, you know, the, 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 the girl, you know, two rows down, grabbing her boyfriend's arm or whatever because the oh, shit yeah. that we're watching is is scary to her. You know, yeah, totally. I love that. I love I love seeing people's yeah. reactions. Yeah, the yeah. only movies I like to watch more solo or with less people are like the really serious ones, like ones that I want to watch that I yeah. really want to pay attention. Right, like right. I can't imagine being like, oh yeah, let's all get together and watch Tarkovsky. No, yeah, you know, like, like, people would be no. so bored. You'd be just, Horror and comedy yeah. are like those those yeah. those party genres right, almost. Right. You know, yeah, you'd, be, like, you'd be hearing people just complain. Your friends complain. Oh my god, when is what's happening? Yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Whereas comedy, like the divisive or divisive movies, right? Well, even like, like you could put on. To watch alone, sort of. Like thing. if you if you have like a, yeah. a like a group of like four people come over, even three people come over and watch even like the talented Mr. Ripley, right? A great like drama thriller. 
people are still going to complain. One of those guys is going to complain about that movie. Um, yeah. Whereas if you just put on a comedy, or if you put on a horror film, it's going to basically appease everybody. Yeah. You know? Or like they're going to find some way to make it so, like, exactly. let's watch a bad slasher movie, right, you know, and, right. and whatever. Yeah. Let's watch a bad comedy or let's, you know, I don't know. Comedy is one of those things you just right. always turn on, you, you know. Pick a but, Jason but movie like, to turn on yeah. or something. If you, like. if you put on, like, Airplane, like, some people are not going to enjoy Airplane. Or... Uh, I got to see that movie. Naked Gun. You know, like, some people just don't like those styles of comedy yeah. and are going to not enjoy it. Yeah, I mean it's got to be simple comedy, right? Like it's got to be it's got to be comedy right. that you can come in and out of, or horror that <laughs> poop comedy, <laughs> or horror that you can kind of come in and out of, right? That's kind of the party. That's the party, party stuff, party, right? Yeah. Like, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. I would yeah, like if you put in the Shining. I was gonna say, I'm literally gonna just say the Shining. <laughs> yeah. If you can't just turn on the Shining, right? Like, yeah, yeah. that's so weird that yeah. you said that. Yeah. I was literally like, gonna say like the, the Shining. Shining is almost like the or, epitome or of like intelligent yeah. horror. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't, or or like I don't know, pick a. Pick a smart comedy. Like you said airplane or something. Like yeah. you just can't. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Or, like or Doctor Strange Love even. Yeah. Or, and they're both that, Kubrick. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> that the Da Vinci Code sequel is like the Tom Hanks. Uh, what was that? Angels one? and Demons. Yeah, Angel. Haha, <laughs> fuck you. That's actually a prequel. God So it. you're wrong. I was, Keith, I, Keith brought I it was up. thinking, I was like, Keith he, brought he hasn't up. brought the angel up. When is he going to do it? And fuck, he does it. Damn it was it. Keith. We should have ended it. I should have brought God, the end of the show 30 minutes. Well, wasn't we me. are at two at two hours and 30 minutes, no so way. we should end, yeah. Holy shit. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, that wow. comedy thing. I, gotta, yeah. I know. I, I hate. We went to town on Dude, the I hate ending the. That's why I let it go, because it's like, I know I should end it, but it's like, that's. Are the crux of our episodes are in those discussions? Yeah, it's crazy because this episode. I mean, I, I, man, we've been talking like, like shit for like we we've hardly done many jokes or anything in this one. Like yeah. we've kept on talking. I know, this, this is a pretty serious. Film. Yeah, which I like. I like. No, yeah, for sure. I think but, the last yeah. time we had one like this was kind of like when we started when we did like the tour theory. Oh, tour. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we were we were oh yeah we were in it on well, that one. We we had one that where we were in it. Uh, a few episodes ago, Blade Runner was before. pretty in it too. Yeah, was it Blade, Blade Runner, Runner was pretty serious. What was it right before that? The Doc was it? The documentaries? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We, we went to town on something. I can't. That remember. one though, we, we I know it all we blends didn't together. Get deep though, we didn't get super deep with the documentary one. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but we're gonna get pretty deep with the next couple of episodes, and like, when we bring in another guest, because that's what we want to start doing. Yeah. I think is is I can't wait for getting more week. guests. Regular so, guests. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you have any questions, topic suggestions, opinions, or if you have any fact corrections, send an email to btbfilmspodcast at gmail We're always trying to learn new things. So we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can always visit our Facebook page and join our group to comment on or discuss this week's episode or past episodes, uh, all of which can be found on iTunes and at SoundCloud.com slash B2B Films and soon to be Stitcher, hopefully, once we get that sorted out. Uh, but we're trying to expand the platforms to try and get you know more people listening. Um, if you do like the show, please rate it and leave a comment on iTunes because it helps us move uh, helps move us up on the list um, so others can find us. You know, people who've been listening for a while or to a couple episodes, please, shout please, out to please, all of them. yeah, shout out to you. But and please, 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 you know, it'd be great to if you just dropped us a, a rating and a review. And the reviews don't have to be much, you know, just something and just a rating, you know, and and just something to help us 
help us grow. Roger um, Ebert it. Thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, just anything, man. It just it'd be so cool to see to just to know that someone's listening and responds by doing that. To know that you know that, to us that'd be to great. Just just to know that like someone's there on the other side listening. Um, our intro and outro music was composed by Curtis Skinner, who can be found at skinnyproducing.com. Skin it. <laughs> Next week we'll be... St- oh, shit. No, what I wanted to say was, or you could watch him in his new movie, Paranormal Activity, The Skinny One. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, I wanted to say. I'm glad those are getting better now. Like, you yeah, know. I think I'll start mixing them up. Do more... Yeah, do more, more punny ones. Skinny you know? into, yeah, more punny. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um... So next week, we're going to be starting a fun little series where each of us will have a chance to pick the two movies for that episode and the topic for that episode. Um, yeah. We're going to kick... Finally get into Ghost. <laughs> Finally get into... I don't think Ghost is, is the one you chose, was it? No, it wasn't. I, did, I, did, I didn't pick Ghost. No. Oh. One day. One day we'll do Ghost. One, the one, one of them you chose is one you haven't seen yet, so that's going to be interesting. I um, watched it. We already talked about this. Oh, you did? I watched Logan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Well, fuck oh, me then. Yeah. Um, I'm, or actually, I'm curious about we this about one. It, we talked about it, but I don't think you guys believed that I actually watched it. I, I, think, <laughs> I think that was the response. I know. It was, I was surprised that you hadn't seen it already. Yeah. Just, like, the, yeah. I know, but then I said I watched it, and you guys were like, what? <laughs> I was like, no, I literally did. I don't know why we wouldn't believe you now for, like, I don't know. I, I think it was just, like, the circumstance of how I brought it up. Maybe. Yeah. Like, Maybe. It was like, yeah. yeah. It was like now he's lying. Yeah. So, but I have seen it. I have seen it. Super cool. It. Like it. Um, it's unforgiven superhero movie, which is exactly what I want. Yeah, it's to totally watch. like a so. yeah, more of the western, more on the western side of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, so we're gonna be starting things off with Byron's choice of nocturnal animals and perfume, um, and. You know, you'll kind of be developing the topic more than we will, but it's something something along the lines of like self films about self discovery, uh, and also films that are based on novels, and films that are based on novels. So, and they're both and directed by uh, Tom's. Oh, okay. Yeah, films directed by Tom's. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the topic. Tom, Tom Ford and Tom Twyker. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Tom Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Hanks. And then I don't know. Well. Jacob is gonna, uh, you chose, L- I chose Logan um, and Mad films. Max. Yeah, I chose films that are re-released with black and white versions. Sweet. So this is we will be watching the black and white versions of these. So that would that would be will be Mad Max Black and Chrome and Logan Noir. Okay. So these these are both films that were packaged in with uh, in in their DVD with a black and white version that was color corrected uh, in a very specific way to appeal to more filmy people, I, I would argue. Nice. Yeah, I, I really, um, I yeah. I want to watch the Mad Max silent movie version so bad, dude. Be interesting. God, I don't know. I don't yeah. think it exists, but he had the uh, freaking George whatever his face wanted yeah. to wanted to George make it Miller. yeah he wanted to make that version um but studios wouldn't let him or like he yeah. wanted to release it on the 
home releases. Yeah. You know, that version, yeah. but for whatever reason, yeah. it wouldn't let him. And then I think I, I finally settled on the two I want to do, um, which is talking more about, like, Asian cinema and kind of martial arts. Um, so uh, Hard Boiled. Oh, sweet. And Hero. Nice. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. Oh, those movies are great. Yeah, I haven't I had... seen either of those, but I want Oh, to. you haven't seen them? Oh, I've seen... I saw no. Hero a long time ago, but I haven't seen Hard Boiled. And Hard Boiled has... Uh, one of the most famous single shot takes. Yeah, Hard Boiled is insane. Cool, yeah. some insane cool. stuff. So, in. What is okay? So, for for these for these episodes, uh, is like is Byron gonna like lead the episode in the way that that you let it, Keith? Is that is that the idea? I don't think, I don't think it should be led in the way that I lead episodes. I think you should do right. it in the way you want to do it. I think that's the whole oh, okay. the whole so point. You're you're taking a back seat. Yeah, I mean, I can I can find question. stuff. To, I mean, I'll have stuff in general right. to kind of talk about, but like, I think the whole point is to do it in the style of you. Cool, cool. You know, nice. So make it Jacob, make it Byron, make Sweet. it, you know, make it something you want to talk about, um, you know, and bring a lot to talk about. Sweet. I'll, you know? I'll do like mandatory shots, like during the episode. <laughs> Dude, know? I'm down. Like, you have to take shots. Oh, God. Dude, I'm down. <laughs> and the episode will end when we're all passed out, and it'll just end with, like, the the, the silence, like, just the ga- the sound of the gain fading away. I I can out-drink you, so uh, <laughs> I will, you'll be passing out long before me. I, I would be Excellent. way before that. <laughs> It'll be, like, two shots, like, dude, dude uh, I just don't know, I'm man. So tired. I, I, I don't know. I would be curious, because I can, I can hold my own. I wonder, I wonder how we would face off in a drinking contest. I'd love like, to. Like, honestly. Let's do it. I would I would be curious. Well, the next time we're in the same room to record an episode, it'll be uh, drunk. I'll be the Movies mediator. to get drunk to. <laughs> it'll be movies yeah. to get drunk to. Um, it'll be just two shitty comedy movies or something, and we'll just get <laughs> like, shit-faced yeah, like, hammered. Like Nazi zombies, or like a Dead Snow. Dude, Dead and, Snow, yes. Uh, <laughs> Talk about a comedy see. movie. Yeah. B- yeah. Bubblegum chainsaw or is that what you, chainsaw that what bubble called? gum or something yeah chainsaw bubble gum something something like that oh yeah. god yeah um and then just get yeah. shit canned oh no zombie strippers we'll oh do yeah zombie strippers, strippers. Zombie strippers. we'll do like yeah yeah we'll do some of that we'll have jameson with us yeah. oh yes. man get <laughs> yeah all right let's do it um let's do it i'm down so yeah so those are gonna be the kind of and then we don't know we're gonna fit in a guest somewhere in there whether or not we have to break up this series a little bit um but there will be a guest in there so there will be some other films uh but in general nocturnal animals perfume logan Noir, Mad Max, uh, Black and Chrome, Hero, which is the Jet Li uh, film um, directed by Zhang Yimou, and then Hard Boiled by John Woo. So check all those out for the next couple of weeks, um, and make sure you watch those films. Thanks for listening. And is it in that order, too? It's uh, Sorry, totally interrupting, but it's Byron, me, then you? Yeah. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, okay. and the guest will be fit in there most likely between you and I, Jacob, but yeah, Byron, you, me. Is is the, 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 the order? So, Ooh. all right. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.